0: Tuesday nights are here. It's the best night. It's like Christmas every every week. And it does the night, like the
1: night starts early now.
0: Yeah, it gets darker earlier like, in the west. Like you're, if you're coming home from work <laughs> at five o'clock now, it's dead dark. It is dead dark. I'm like, why do I go to work in the dark and come home in the dark? And it's freezing cold here in Utah. This it's just yeah. it's just nuts. But welcome to the Wise Guys, Dave McCann, Blaine Fallow. We have a loaded show tonight so much to talk about we got some really cool guests and uh, we'll get you set up for the rest of a very busy sports week for BYU we're back on the call of basketball tomorrow night football yeah. Saturday basketball Saturday night you got you and I have a crazy yeah we got a double header Saturday yeah. so
1: tomorrow, we live for it tomorrow's easy it's just a basketball game that's nothing <laughs> that's not but Saturday we're going we're calling the football game so yeah you know, folks are used to watching us do the pre and post game show. This is this is the BYU TV game, so we have the Utah Tech game. So you and I are up in the booth, actually calling the the action live.
0: I had a really cool interview with Tom Homo today that we're going to have on game day. You great. won't want to miss that. It's going to be. We, I think we, you'll we like had it.
1: a we had a really nice visit with Paul Peterson today. You and yeah. I did. Um, uh, the head coach from Utah Tech was a graduate assistant at BYU way back when, Bingham High grad, and and the head coach down there it was really really fun to talk to. him. He's got a couple of BYU guys on the staff. Down there with him.
0: Um, Yeah, they got a big challenge ahead. They're playing really good. And and the way BYU has been hot and cold, unless they just turn the corner against Boise State, uh, that secondary is going to face a lot of footballs on Saturday. And, And Utah Tech's coming in with momentum and a quarterback and a receiver who are over from Washington State, and, they, and can they do it.
1: And they run that Washington State offense, which which is the Mike Leach offense, which is the old Texas Tech offense, which yeah. is the Mississippi State offense now. I call it air raid style. So it's four wide receivers.
0: What, what slug do they have? Uh, spread and shred.
1: Yeah, They call it spread and shred. <laughs> that's that's their – which I love that they've got their own verbiage for it, the spread and shred. Um, but it, it's – all of it is based on the Mike Leach air raid um, attack – it's four wide receivers. It's get the ball out fast. It's um, it's interesting because people are going to get mad that BYU is not going to blitz in early downs, but that's not how you play that yeah. type of team. You, know, uh, we, you have to get in the passing lanes because you could put 11 people on the line of scrimmage and you're not getting to the quarterback because he's getting it out in like right. 1.6. So in early downs, you have to get jam up the passing lanes and not let them – you know, get the ball in there, and then you get them behind the chains, and then you bring the heat on 3rd and 10. That's when you bring the heat. That's when you bring the heat. So, it'll be so, fun.
0: So, hey, everybody, on YSGuys.com and YouTube and Twitch, shout out to everyone on the stream, popping in and saying hello. Let's jump right into things coming up on this show, the home finale Saturday with BYU, what the Cougars are playing for. Yep.
1: Let's gonna. We'll, we'll talk about that. How, uh, uh, we're going to have
0: BYU TV football
1: analyst Dave Nixon, our good friend, who... Does all the shows with us regarding football. He'll be on the countdown to kickoff or game day live on Saturday and the post-game live. He'll join us with his five favorite catches by Puka Nakua. And you can chime
0: in with us uh, on the live stream. The five favorite catches from Puka. I will have the broadcast details for the BYU-Stanford game Thanksgiving weekend where there will be more BYU fans than Stanford fans at the farm. Uh, in Palo Alto so those details are coming up
1: yeah and I keep saying this don't be discouraged as you're walking through that tailgate and it seems like there's thousands of people <laughs> out there go, they're all going to the library they're not going to the game they're gonna they'll come for the party and then they're heading back to the library that's that's par for the course at Stanford um it's a busy week for both the BYU men's and women's basketball teams we'll talk about what they've got going on
0: soccer in the NCAA tournament second round those details straight ahead as they get set for Really a tough road back to the championship.
1: That's right. And it's championship time for men's and women's cross country. Um, the teams uh, are heading to nationals. And both teams have a chance. I mean, they're, they're both top five programs. And, yeah. you know, depending on race day, e- those teams, either one could win a national championship again.
0: Yeah, and that's on Saturday. Very yeah, exciting. Pretty fun. BYU TV and KBYU TV celebrate a birthday today which is wild um
1: and we've yeah. been part we've been part of it feels of, like
0: we've been on it since they came here we've been part of it air. for a long long
1: time so <laughs> how many years have we been part of it 30 plus right
0: yeah yeah in one in one way or another uh we've been we've been together with those guys for for a long time, for more than thirty years, yeah. so
1: it's, it's wild to even think about that. Are we that old? I can't even. Believe. No, it's we'll,
0: crazy because we'll, we're so young.
1: We'll talk about some of those dates. Hey, I'm I'm really excited that we get to visit um, with Deleuze Porter. He's the first BYU grad to fly the Air Force's U2 high altitude reconnaissance aircraft over Russia. Yeah,
0: man, we got some
1: stories. He, and and DeLuis, he's coming in, he's right? coming in. Yeah, that's that's going to be really. He's, cool. he's coming in, he, and he's flown. Let's just say this: we're we we will not go over him now. When he's here, we will. He's flown a bunch of really cool aircraft yeah. that not very many people get to fly.
0: And, and think about this. Here's a teaser for later. He's over the Amazon at dark in the ER-2, which is a single pilot plane right. by himself. What's he doing up there? We're going to ask him. Yeah, we'll ask him. What are you doing he out there? He flies late? over
1: hurricanes and takes pictures of yeah. him. Right?
0: Yeah, that's coming up. So So final home game for BYU of Independence. Not just this season. The significance of Saturday is it's the last independent football game for BYU. It's against Utah Tech. 5-5 five and five BYU. They win. They go to a bowl game. They're expected to win. They'll send off their seniors, possibly some juniors, possibly a lot of juniors. Yeah, we'll
1: talk about that. And
0: some big names as they try to build off that 31-28 victory at Boise State two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, and and I I think that Boise State victory might have been the best win of the season. I yeah. I think Sanford I think USF was the best um, complete game of the season, South Florida, I mean. Um, and then Baylor at the time and, was and huge. And Baylor was a big big game, but but they, they you know, they weren't as stellar as they were against South Florida, and they were still healthy at Baylor. Yeah. So I think to do what they did to Boise State with as many people missing and to play as a complete game as they did was pretty impressive. I think that was the best one of the season, that Boise State game. So um, yeah, pr- pretty fun that they had a bye week after that to, to let it all soak in. Hey, BYU Sports Nation game day um, uh, will start uh, the day at 1.30 Eastern. So 11.30 Mountain, live from Cougar Canyon, outside of Le- Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You and I will be... Are we outside and then go upstairs? How I think are we so. Do that?
0: I think so. We're waiting for final so, word. Yeah, do, do we have
1: that graphic?
0: Yeah, I think, DJ, will you put up that one? Yeah, so,
1: so I think that we've got to work it out but i think dave and i will be out in cougar canyon on set for probably the first hour right. with everybody and then we'll have to head upstairs to get ready to call the game there it is there are the guys and uh, and spencer and dave and bilo and the rest of the gang will and and will have to handle it for us there jerem's working with us jerem jordan's working with us this saturday as well as we get ready to call the game and then they'll handle the other guys will handle halftime uh, we'll come back, call the second half, and then we'll all be involved in that post game show.
0: And then we'll run up so, to the Marriott. Center, yeah, you and I do will do the basketball game.
1: Make do a little bit of an appearance on post game, and then we'll we'll make the trek up to the Marriott Center and get ready to call Nichols State and BYU.
0: So, so it's that time of year. Uh, partly sunny is in the forecast. A high of thirty-five. Oh, come on, it was thirty earlier, and now it's creeped up to thirty-five. Let's just hope by Saturday it's thirty-eight. I, hope I think, so. feel like there's a big
1: difference between thirty-eight and thirty-five. <laughs> there is <That's
0: laughs> the difference between being cold and hypothermia.
1: Hey, and by the way, I just left. Every day for my last five days has been between eighty five and eighty seven.
0: Go ahead, tell us where you were. I've been
1: in Cancun. That's how I got. That's how I got the tan. <laughs> so, except for I was telling you and DJ, I, I was so good. I put forty five sunscreen on my face every day, and then yesterday before we headed out, Brendan and I went to play tennis, and it was in. Direct sun. I forgot to put sunscreen, so I'm feeling a little hot right now.
0: Yeah, I hope you. I really hope it's you can I hope, can. I hope I don't do that. I hope I don't have all
1: that nice brown, and then have it all peel off. Like
0: all I know is we were texting back and forth to putting this show together, and you're sitting on the beach, and I was like, "That's it. I'm not texting anymore." I know anymore.
1: it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't good for you. It was good for me.
0: But Uniforms. The cooks are coming out with the white helmets, royal tops, royal bottoms. Yeah, I, I think. That's a a good look. I
1: think it'll be a good look. It'll be sh- sharp. It'll pop on on TV on BOE TV. Hey, BYU seniors playing their final home game. So so these ones aren't up for debate. They're seniors. They're actually out of it. They're done. So Lopini Katoa, who's done a tremendous job. Chris Brooks, the grad transfer. Lorenzo Fautea, Pepe Tanavasa. Caleb Hayes, who's been doing a great job of being that cover corner. Matt Criddle, who's made a lot of contributions on special teams and has been a position player at safety. Joe Tukuafu. Um, Houston mooley the transfer from Stanford, Chris Jackson, uh, the wide receiver. You ever, did you ever see that uh, true uh, true blue on Chris yeah. Jackson? Wow! Yeah. If you haven't seen that, guys, go find that. Lane Lunt, the tight end, D'Angelo Mandel, the other great cover corner, Alden Tofa, and Earl Tuioti Mariner. Is D'Angelo going to come back? I think because of because he's been hurt, right? Because of COVID, I think. I'm, I'm not sure if who's he's, got the broken hand. Oh no that's
0: Malik he's coming that's back. Malik he's coming that's yeah, I don't right. I don't, th- right. might, I don't think, this might be I don't think
1: Delo can get another year I think Delo and he's been banged up this year a little bit Yeah Delo's like that he's like the he's like the Mike Davis kind of body and speed where he might have a chance to go make it not going to get drafted because of his injuries this year probably but I think he could pick up on a free agent and maybe and maybe make a team and surprise some people It's been he's,
0: working for Davis Yeah
1: he's got he's got NFL skills P, do you remember when people, like, laughed at me? And actually a, a former player, I'm not going to call him out on this show, but said that I was I needed to stop smoking dope because I said Michael Davis has an NFL skill set. Because people are like, BYU doesn't have speed in the secondary. I said, Michael Davis, his skill set is as good as anybody that Alabama has. BYU plays a bunch of yeah. zone. He doesn't fit well into zone. But if somebody in the NFL pick him up that plays man... He plays man as well as anybody, including Alabama's two corners. And uh, people said I was out of my mind. I was crazy. And
0: just for the record, we're against dope. Yeah, we don't Hawaii's like dope. wise guys are against We dope. say
1: say no to dope. Right? We
0: say no to dope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, and lo and behold, Michael Davis signs. And I was basing what I was saying. I had talked to the Chargers um, scout, and he was just saying, "I come up and watch him do one on ones every day." He goes, "This dude, if if BYU played man, he's as good a lockdown corner as there is in the country." And they and they signed, they signed him, and he's been their starter. Yeah. He's How much fun second, was it watching his him? Second, Kyle uh, Van Noy, oh.
0: Fred Warner on so Sunday fun. night, so fun. Yeah. So,
1: so I think D'Lo has an NFL skill set if he can stay healthy, and you know Caleb Hayes possibly too. Um, BYU's been blessed with some really good cover corners this, this last couple of years.
0: All right, here's the bigger stuff.
1: Yeah, this is, this is a could be or could not be
0: These list. juniors are also going to participate in the festivities just in case they decide to leave for the NFL or just to be done altogether. And they include the likes. I'm not going to read all 24 names, but Pukunuku is on the list. Jaron Hall, Gunnar Romney, Peyton Wilgar, Blake Freeland, Clark Barrington, Jake Oldroyd. And others in total, 37 seniors and juniors are going to go through this. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you some names and you give me okay, a percentage. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the percentage of, chance. Of, uh, the percentage of them coming back. Uh, Puka Nakua. Two percent.
1: That's the chance of coming back.
0: <laughs> Jaron Hall.
1: Hey, Puka's not just an NFL receiver. He's an NFL starting wide receiver. I know. So. know. Jaron Hall. Ten um, and, percent. And I'm... It depends on how these next two games go in a bowl game. Okay. If he can play himself back into a high draft pick, then I don't think there's any chance that he Gunner
0: stays. Gunner Romney.
1: That one, maybe thirty percent. Really, well, and impressive. and here's why I say here's why I say with Gunner, I. He's missed so much, yeah. and, and I talked about this today on Sports Nation. Gunner's like a gym rat football guy; like he loves football. Some guys play and they've been through all these injuries. They're just like you know, I'm just hanging up. But but Gunner's the kind of guy. He, he loves football. He's got such a great work ethic. He's come back from these injuries. Um, I think if somebody gave him the feedback that listen, we think you're maybe a draft pick if you can stay healthy for a season. Once you come back and come and play and stay healthy all year, and we might draft you. I think he might come back and do it. You know, or the other option is just work out and get unbelievably fit and do well, great in the in pro day. And just go, just go sign. I don't he, because of his injuries. I don't think anybody's going to draft him. Yeah, and so, so that's it. Will depend on the feedback that that he gets. I give him a little higher chance because I think he could come back um, uh, and maybe better his his position.
0: Hey, happy birthday to BYU TV. KBYU went on the air November fifteenth, nineteen sixty-five. That's a year after the Beatles came to America. The first live BYU game on KBYU channel 11 here in Utah was BYU at Texas A&M the Aggies were number 14 in the country they played that at Rice Stadium in Houston on September 8, 1979 BYU won it 18 to 17 on a two-point conversion my dad was the spotter in the booth for Jay what? Monson and whoever whoever was up there and now today we do live sports all year long on BYU TV the BYU TV app with pre and post game shows the Daily Sports Nation show, uh, After Further Review every week, Coordinators Corner every week, the Satake and Mark Pope shows each week. You can find out all of what we got going on on, the, on BYUtv.org. We're either on the app or on the mothership. But, uh, man, we've come a long ways. It's the
1: the facilities and the level of commitment to professionalism and putting a product out on the air that matches anything network quality is is amazing. At BYU TV, and you and I have worked at networks. You, you know, you worked at Good Morning America. I, I've done a lot of work with NBC and worked right out of NBC studios. In fact, the brand new NBC Sports studios up in Connecticut. I I um, anchored the Atlantic 10 tournament two years. None of those have anything on BYU TV. No. BYU's commitment to to the facilities, and and all that they do is network quality, and we've been
0: really, really proud to be associated with that. Our first guest is a big part of those shows, including this Saturday when BYU and Utah Tech play live on BYU TV, played linebacker at BYU and in the NFL. He's been a football analyst for BYU TV for a number of years. Our pleasure to welcome back to the Wise Guys our colleague and friend, David Nixon. Look at him. There he is. Why that? Hunting Beard, what is going on right now? Did that come on in a week?
1: We have one week off from
0: Afr, and this is how you look. Grizzly Adams is on the show. Listen,
1: as
2: we know, I have to shave for uh, our shows, and I just feel like I, you know,
1: I get a bye week as well. All right, the
2: players get bye weeks to rest up. I get a bye week as well.
1: Jeez, I if I don't shave, my face gets itchy. I have to shave every day.
0: If I don't shave, my face looks like that. It's like Nixon's got to do. Well,
1: here's the thing about Nixon. He's like, he's the manliest of men. He's like Bear Grylls. Like Bear Grylls. Whatever his name is. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. uh, If, if he's like Gaston. Really? Uh, like yes. somebody, If if Dave shaves <laughs> at 8 in the morning and we have a show at 1 in the afternoon, He's he shaves again. again at 12.30. It's a, it's a phenomenon. It's, it's a curse, not a blessing. He has, he, has a tw- he has a 5 o'clock shadow at 10 a.m.
0: How long have you been at uh, BYU TV?
2: <gasps> Since 2011. And my story of BYU TV is interesting because, if you recall, I started the season on Countdown to Kickoff. We called it back then um in 2011 but halfway through that year I got called back by the St. Louis Rams to come be back on the roster so, I, I
0: remember you big timed this one week you were there like, and then where, the next where's, week you where's were next
1: yeah. oh he's yeah. back in the NFL
2: uh, unfortunately BYU TV was not paying me enough uh, to match the salary of the Rams and so I had to take off and uh and then when I finished up playing ball the next year I came back and I've been with the team since so it's been been a run with a little
0: bit of
1: interruption in there but uh so 11 11-ish years then right yeah something like yeah, that Yeah, which which feels is like
0: great. 20 but yeah it's been about, yeah. about 11 it feels like 30 to me <laughs> <laughs> the
1: first it week seemed yeah. like the first day seemed like two days and the second day seemed like a week in a day so that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> so among the differences between BYU and everybody else when it comes to sports there's really none greater than BYU TV for exposure access Recruiting, you're a big time high school product coming out of College Station, Texas, years ago, and and this big BYU TV things really evolved into a nice weapon for coaches.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think I think for I think for the whole program in and of itself. I mean, the fact that you've got wall to wall coverage, uh, you got pregame shows, you got postgame shows. We've got AFR where we break down the film. Um, I think if you're if you're a player looking to get exposure. Uh, you've got a whole channel dedicated to BYU sports. And I, I think I think that's a recruiting pitch in and of itself, beyond the fact that now BYU, as, you, as I look up there and every time I come on your show, I love looking up at the wall and seeing all these future opponents for BYU. Uh, uh, and,
1: who, and who will be facing the years to come? We're gonna have we don't what we don't have we don't have Texas so we don't have Oklahoma. But we thought they be, were bailing early. Since they're gonna be in the league for two years, we we think uh, we should put them down there probably. We should,
2: we should we should put them up there with an X across. Gun <laughs> them on their way out. Spoken but like I mean, a true
1: Texas A&M guy, that's right. right?
0: That's an Aggie right there. But, I,
2: but no, honestly, it's I think for BYU the fact that. You're going to the Big 12, you've got BYU TV to, to give you more exposure, but you're gonna have plenty of enough exposure in the Big 12. So, um, it's a really compelling pitch for kids. Uh, and and I think you're gonna have a lot of kids like myself, that I always wanted to come to BYU, even though a lot of those schools on that wall right there offered me, for me it was always BYU. I, I always wanted to come to BYU and play at BYU and be part of, of what BYU is. And I, I'm so glad I did, because frankly, during that time, we beat a lot of those schools up on that wall. Yeah. Um, and, you know, during the independence, they beat a lot of those schools up on the wall. And so uh, I, I think BYU, what they've got going for them as, as, as well as you're throwing the tradition and everything that comes with it, um, you know, for client to go out there to these kids' houses, it's, it's a really compelling pitch.
1: You know, And it's not just football, David's it's, it's- and you know, we think about basketball and how many international players and BYU TV. Since people can stream it live, yeah. which is which is an interesting platform to have. That, that all over the world, you know, as they go recruiting out there in different sports, they're bringing kids in. We look at this basketball team. It has three kids from Africa on the team right now. And their folks could watch every game, Yeah, watch every game. You, you mentioned the big 12 Dave. It's going to bring new opportunities for BYU TV. They're going to be noticed in communities where people have it on their cable network. They just don't even know they have it. And you, you grew up in, in what, in, in a community in Texas, um, but they will, they'll be able to find it eventually. And they're going to see it. I mean, what, what's your thought on BYU TV expanding into the Midwest and the end the, to the South? I think it's
2: tremendous. I mean, to, to your point, I, I know this year on our, uh, on our BYU Sports Nation game day show, we showcased Baylor. We had, we had a crew go to Baylor and do a whole entire feature on the university uh, and, and kind of show from BYU's perspective of, of what to look forward to in years to come. And so uh, I think if you're a Baylor, you'd love to tune in and, and, and watch that piece and and see your the, the the president of your university talking about what you have to offer. And so uh I think if you're if you're one of these competing fan bases, uh, you know, I, I think um BYU TV provides a kind of a different perspective and different outlook than than obviously you're used to. Um and frankly, you're gonna get lots of highlights, mostly BYU highlights, but you're gonna see some <laughs> of the highlights of your university too, most likely. Um but I think, it's, I think it's super interesting. I, and I'm interested to see how BYU TV evolves as well. I think our shows, well, now that we're part of the Big 12, they'll start to evolve and, and we'll change kind of our narrative and, and how we approach things as well. And so it'll be fun for us to go into Big 12. I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm just excited to go into Big 12 and be able to uh, have now new rivalries and, and talk about new matchups. And, you know, all of a sudden we're two, three, four, five years into this Big 12 stuff and, and it's going to be fun to see these natural rivalries that pop up. I mean, Baylor, we already know that one played in the last few years, but we'll see how the rest of them kind of play out over the upcoming years.
1: Yeah, it feels like Baylor's going to be B- BYU's yeah. biggest rival, and you know, we already are friends with the president and the, and the athletic director, and it's been pretty visible, and we've had him on the shows, and so it just seems like that's a natural. Plus, they're both faith-based institutions, which I th- think is cool. There's a lot in common there, right?
2: Yeah, and, and I look at Baylor. I also look at Houston. Think of all the shootouts at the Reliance Stadium BYU had against Houston, right? Uh, I look at on that one, West Virginia playing at uh, FedEx Field, right? I mean, there's there's some fun games just in this recent independence that BYU's had. Obviously, TCU, the history runs deep at TCU with TCU, with me playing against TCU during my years in the Nahuas Conference. And so, honestly, I, I'm really curious to see how all this plays out because there's a lot of history with all these teams. Um, and, and all of a sudden, you're going to throw this all into a pot. I mean, you go back to UCF and BYU's bowl game with UCF and Boca Raton uh, or Gasparilla, whichever one it was? No, it was it was yeah. Boca
1: Raton bowl. They played. G- it was it yeah. Boca Raton? I, yeah, I, I get yeah. all mixed up. Down at uh, it, you Florida. You get all Florida, your Lincoln. vacations. It, it, and spots.
2: In Kansas State, right? BYU's, BYU's BYU hated Kansas bowl. State too. Yeah. So, so um, hey, and T- of
1: TCU's back. Like TCU was a. Top 10, top 5 program when you were playing. They were really, really good with Gary Patterson uh, running the show down there. And and they're back. What are, what are they today? Has that been released yet today? Uh,
0: it comes out here at the top of the hour. Yeah, But they're, they're going to be number 4 again. Yeah, they'll
1: probably be 4 again. Yeah, funny story. I was actually just, uh, it's, it's
2: crazy, I think it was only a week ago. Last week I went down to Taysom's Monday Night Football game. And as we know, Andy Dalton is the quarterback. Right. right. Much
0: to our disappointment about that. But, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a whole different s- subject. But uh, we were we were on the field before the game, and uh, Andy Dalton's wife came up to say hi to my sister Emily. And so we ended up sitting there chatting with her for about 20 minutes. And uh, my sister Emily pointed out that I played at BYU. And I said, actually – uh, we played your your husband. And we, just, we smacked him here in Provo, and then he returned the favor the very next year when we go down to Fort Worth, and he smacked us too. So I was like, we we went one for one against. Uh, I went one for one against him. You, you you guys see,
1: were did did you play? You played Notre Dame the next year at Notre Dame, I think. We played
2: Notre Dame. That was in 05. I think they played again 09 after I. 09. Was, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that was the yeah. year after you were gone. I just remember I was assigned to be at TCU because they were undefeated and ranked in the top five and going to the Rose Bowl, so I was there covering that game while BYU was playing at Notre Dame. Yeah. and I didn't get to see the Notre Dame BYU game. Dang it! That
2: was, that was that was the next year. But we had, like I said, it's it's for me it's fun. I mean, you've, there's a couple brands. I'm just looking up there. I don't know if BYU's played. Kansas ever? played Kansas they, over they in the Hawaii. Bowl. They played
1: Oklahoma State in Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, um, and they yeah they was, played Kansas. Iowa State. Do you remember an Iowa State game? I don't remember. I don't an think Iowa, they played him in basketball, but I don't remember an Iowa State football game. Um, Texas Tech. Have they played Texas Tech?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so.
1: You know, Texas Tech yeah. has all that history with Mike Leach who's a BYU guy, yeah. but I don't think they've played Texas Keanu Tech.
0: Keanu Hill's dad's in the Hall of Fame over yeah. there. At C- Cincinnati
1: Tech. they've certainly they've certainly played. Yeah. In fact, they're talking to some of the guys, that was one of their favorite stadiums they'd ever played in was that that very historic, you know, it's an old stadium, a really cool stadium that Cincinnati plays in.
3: So
0: David Nixon, former Cougar linebacker, current football analyst on BYU TV. On the wise guys tonight, his teams went twenty two and four during his last two seasons, 2006 and 2007. So when the schedule was released last year and we saw Utah Tech on November 19th and we knew that it would be on BYU TV because we get all the big ones, um, a little bit of a disappointment, but as this season's played out, suddenly Saturday's game has a lot of significance for the guys we might not see anymore for the postseason. And now it's like, hey, one, i got to watch that game (laughs) because we got to make sure BYU wins it
2: hundred percent. I mean, this gets them to a bowl game. I mean, Stanford's not having a great season, but as we know, Stanford, I mean, Stanford put up a fight against the Utes and they put up some fights against other teams that obviously Notre Dame uh, and others. And so, uh, they, you know, this, that's not a gimme by any means. Uh, and so Utah Tech, this is how you get to a bowl game. And I'm telling you, even though this season hasn't turned out the way that I think all BYU fans or even the players and coaches have hoped, uh, to get to a bowl game is huge any year. They're, they're, we talk about it all the time. There's huge advantages of being able to practice and get these younger guys some reps. And then for the older guys, you get to go get a chance to go play one more game, typically on ESPN or or some big channel, um, and and be showcased in front of the entire country. Sometimes you're the only game on that day, uh, which is huge for exposure. Uh, but then you get the gifts and and you know, all the swag. And yeah. listen, I talk about this all the time. Football, unfortunately, is not a sport where you can just go put on some pads when you're 35 years old and go run around and hit hit each other, right? It's not not like basketball where you go play pickup basketball. And so when your days are done at BYU, you're you're usually done. There's a couple of guys that go on and play at the NFL and and good for them. But the majority, 95% of those those kids, you're done with football for the rest of your life. And, And so you have one more opportunity to go play the bowl game. And once again, I don't care what the final record is. The fact that you get to a bowl game, that's a huge reward. you got to take advantage of it. Uh, it, it. There is some development stuff that goes into it with the, the younger kids getting reps because then you get another 30 days of practice. And so there's some huge benefits from it from a, from a program perspective, but also from a player perspective, those bowl gifts and that one more chance to get, to kind of get your name out there and, and rep the Y, rep your name on the back of the jersey, it's big time.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. It, it's And just to be with your guys again, I, when you were saying that, Dave, it just like was ringing true to me. I remember um, – uh I had I'd signed in the USFL, and then USFL failed, so I came back to school. And I remember back in school in that winter semester, walking past the practice field, and the whistles were blowing, and I was coming down from class, because I was in graduate school now, and looking over the fence and thinking, I don't, I don't get to do this ever again. Like, you can't. Like, and, and you know what? You really don't want to play in the Turkey Bowl, because... You're going to get hurt playing that kind of football. You just don't know how to play that kind of football. Everybody does, right? And so, so yeah, it is. It's it's kind of an interesting thing. Once it's over, it's over. So, for a lot of these guys, this is a big deal. Hundred
2: percent. I, I mean, I still to this day remember my last few practices. We played against Arizona in the Vegas Bowl in 2008. And I, I remember those last few practices. I remember that last time. There's a lot of last. Like we talked about this week. There's a lot of last you know, last where you're walking out of the BYU locker room for the last time, right? This is the last chance you get to play in the Oliver Stadium. Uh, but then there's, you know, you to know, the bowl game, and there's a lot, a lot of lasts there as well, where it's your last chance to play with your buddies, I mean, your teammates. And, and that's what's, I, I've told you this before, too. That's what's so interesting about college football is that you've got these buddies that you've been around for years. A lot of them came in as freshmen together, and you've grown, you know, f- over four years with each other. And you put in this blood, sweat, tears. You're around each other all year long. And it's just such a different culture than the NFL. Because the NFL, you go, and listen, half the team doesn't even show up for OTAs, right? Right. We can count your off-season workouts. And then you get there, and everyone's kind of out. I mean, you, you want to win games, but everyone's pretty much there just to get paid. All right? Every, everyone's it's all about me, me, me,
1: and not the team. And you're punching in and punching out. It's just like well, you're showing up for your well, job, right? It. It's,
2: it's, it's a job versus a kind of a game or a sport like it is in college. And so I tell kids all the time, I mean, stay as long as you can. I I, I would tell kids I would trade a year or two in the NFL to get one back in college. I, I mean, the, the money's good, but, you know, these kids at BYU, they're all smart. They're all going to make money throughout their lifetime. But the chance to play with your brothers and represent the Y, uh, it's its unlike anything else. And, and I, you know, you hope that some of these kids who – you know, there's going to be quite a few. It looks like they're going to be underclassmen or juniors that are, or that are going to get recognized um, early because they're thinking about leaving early. And a message to him is, man, the NFL will always be there. Um, obviously, injuries can happen. Maybe it's not. But that the chance to, to represent BYU, is, it's, it's unlike anything else.
1: We were just talking to uh, your brother, my son. Your your team brother Kellen last week, and we were talking about that Arizona game. He had he had nightmares of the the Gronkowski brothers. Yes. I can't remember uh, Ron's as Rod Gronkowski's brother that played fullback, but. We were saying Kellen set a, a Las Vegas Bowl record for tackles in that game, and he was playing free safety. That's never a good thing. Like, if your free safety has 17 tackles, your defensive scheme's messed up, right?
2: Yeah, we were we were not prepared. No. <laughs> it was they, Arizona got us on film. I'll tell you this: Arizona had been to a bowl game in like six or seven. They were
1: years,
0: pumped to know. be there,
2: and we were going back to the Vegas Bowl for like the fourth straight year. Yeah. And, and yeah, we
0: just, so were my kids, and we were expecting a better effort. Yeah, <laughs> I will
2: say we weren't very motivated, and uh, it showed on the field. It uh, it was a, that was a tough one. They came out firing, and then they just lined up Gronkowski, and was they were running seams. Will Ross? Oh, he's they were, they uh, he's it. It was ridiculous. Just, tough. That was
1: so tough so this game this Saturday, um, fi- final game of Independence Era, right? Which is significant, but it's also maybe the last home game that we're ever going to see Puka Nakua and Jaron Hall. What's your thought on that? That's a tough
2: one to swallow. I mean, I, you look at that production between those two and, and the fact that you lose both of them going into your first year in the Big 12. Uh, and they're and both juniors, you, by the way. you are both juniors and could come back. Um, you know, listen, I, I just gave my spiel on I would come back but I also don't follow kids that they go, especially these guys, they're juniors, but they're pretty much seniors given the COVID, right? right. All these kids got an extra year in COVID. So they've been around a, a long time. Um, and I will say this about the NFL. There is kind of a mileage tracker on, on, on a person's body. And in the more years you delay going to the NFL, GMs and scouts look at that and say, listen, he is 25 years old, 26 year old. His his useful life only has another three, four, five years left on it, right? Unless you're Tom Brady, and you play till you're 100. But he's older um, than
1: me now. He passed me. <laughs> so you, you, I mean, it,
2: it is a tough, it is a tough deal for those guys. But it hurts, it hurts to to see them leave. Uh, assuming they do leave. Unless we could all pony up like two million bucks and have them come back. So there, if there's
1: anybody out there listening tonight that has an NIL deal right. that'll take care of those two right. as well as the NFL
0: contract, let us know because we could possibly keep them. Right. Yeah. Let us know. We need
2: to come up with about six hundred grand. That's all we got to come up with. Yep. Guys. Yep.
0: Before you roll out your top five catches from Pukunakua, which we've been teasing today, uh, let's. Uh, by the way, Jess is watching on YouTube tonight. She says that BYU. He or she says BYU played Iowa State in the early 70s. There you go. So they did play so Iowa State. So thanks, yeah. Jess. Um, here's what uh, head coach Kalani Satake said during his uh, weekly news conference. Let's listen.
3: Game week. So, you know, we had a, a goodbye last week and a and, um, uh, week off and got some time for guys to heal up and also some time for uh, us to do some extra work. So, um, you know, we're ready to close out our, our home game schedule in Lavelle Stadium this weekend against Utah Tech. Looking forward to the game. Uh, Looking forward to to meeting up with, you know, players that we recognize and staff that we recognize. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, also trying to, you know, get, get this, this game and this win for our our outgoing seniors and and a few others that are going to be honored. And then, you know, we'll see, we'll see how the game goes, but i feel confident in our preparation and, and especially coming off of the bye week feel good about uh where we're headed now and, and looking forward to competing again that that's that's the goal and you know utah tech has a, has uh they're on, on a little bit of a win streak and well coached team we're familiar with them and familiar with with a lot of their players and so uh, i know this is the, the the end of the year for them we're expecting their best shot they've been able to do some good things and, and score some good points and and, and uh they've had some good competition so uh, looking forward to our guys being on the field again competing but um yeah, another week just get right back at it and, and uh, thankful that we had the bye now that we're over it, time to get back to work and and we had some good work last week but now it's time to get back to work and get back in in season mode again
0: head coach kalani sataki so after 10 straight weeks they finally get a bye and now that's behind them do you think they they recovered their identity in the Boise State game that may have been lost a month earlier?
2: I mean, I don't know what else could help you recover your identity than, than a huge win on the road against a Boise State team that was on a hot streak, right? I mean, that was a much-needed win, and, and I, it was a much-needed win for the for, you know, win-loss column, but I think it was a bigger win for the psyche of this team. I, this is a team that had a lot of close games, um... And, and, and we're in it, and and you know all of a sudden things didn't go their way, and finally a game that does go their way, right? And yeah. uh, I think for this team, it, it was huge, and that's something that's one of those victories that you can build upon, right? I mean, this that's something you can reference in the offseason. Of, of listen, all the hard work can pay off, and you can, you can eke out some 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 games like that. And listen, against Boise State, we talked about this on on our shows. Who knows if BYU will play Boise State again in, right. any, anytime soon, right? Um, and so the the fact that you have now get your three main rivals, Utah last year, beat them. Last time you played them for, for a little while, we'll see. Um, you've got Utah State, beat them this year. Yep. And you got Boise State. So your three main rivals you take care of heading into Big 12, that's 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 big time. And that's something that you can hang your hat on. Uh, once again, there's not a lot of stuff this team can hang their hat on because it's been kind of a disappointing season. But there are some victories you can take out of this, and that's being one of them. That, you, go, you went up to Boise – uh, on the Smurf turf, and, uh, and took care
1: of business. And Bo- Boise's still undefeated in league
0: play, right? You know they have a big game coming up against Wyoming, which I think will decide that division. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm looking. So Boise State's losses are they lost to Oregon State in their opener. Um, lost to UTEP, and and they they're lost to, uh, and they lost to UTEP, and they lost to BYU. They're they're undefeated in conference. Boise State could go on and win the Mountain West Conference. They, yeah, they got to go to Laramie. I think Wyoming just yep, has they, one loss. They play at Laramie. Um, Wyoming's got one loss in conference. They're both, so both teams are seven and three, and then then they host Utah State. Utah State's five and five. Boise State seven and three. Really good chance they they finish nine yeah. and three, win the the Mountain Division. Um, are they still in divisions? The I know Pac twelve eliminated. I
0: think the they are. I think they are for this year.
1: Yeah, and then and then go to their championship game, and you know, could have another ten win season. So that that's a big win. I I told Dave earlier. Um, I I told uh, him that I thought that Boise State was probably the best win of the year. When they beat Baylor, they were still healthy. And yeah. and, and South Florida, you know, they was a big win. as so They played great on both sides of the ball. But considering all the circumstances, the downward trend, all of the injuries, to beat what I think is a quality Boise State team, I think it might have been the best win. What, what's your thought? What's the best win on the schedule this year for them?
2: 100%. I, I totally agree. And I, I will say this. I, I, I was impressed with this team for coming together. But, but I got to give you a lot of credit to this coaching staff. That t- that takes that takes a lot of manpower, a lot of motivation to take a team that's on a four-game losing streak and to get them ready to play on the road uh, against Boise State. against a good Boise State team, and so I I, I love their game plan. I, I thought they came in well, really focused, and I think from a from a kind of a, 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 you know play calling perspective as well as the the assignments, it looked like everything was really sharp. Yeah, there were some errors, as there are always are in games, but. I thought all in all that coach staff got those guys up to play and grad to the players. I mean, once again, so many starters, so many contributors out with injuries. Uh, and the fact that this team's kind of stepped up and had that next man mentality and, and they come go out there and, and be like you said, a really good boys, day state team that was relatively healthy uh, in that game. Yeah. So the fact that BYU kind of going in there, limping a little bit is able to come out with the win. That's, I'm telling you, that's something that, that will provide a much-needed confidence boost for this team to hopefully finish this season and then head into next
0: season. Before you roll out uh, Puka's top five, look what you got going on behind you. It appears to me that your wife left you one cubicle to decorate. See what I'm talking about, Blaine? Had, yeah, he's, the, got, the va- he's got the football all and, helmet and then the helmet up there. All of a sudden, you just got a helmet and a football. No, he's got he's
1: got a Raiders thing over on the over his right shoulder. So yeah.
2: I'll say I'll say this. My little kids come <laughs> in my office and I, I don't know where half my stuff goes in here, all right? Uh and so I just kind of got I've kind of hodgepodge. This is my Raiders brick.
1: Yeah, I uh, see that? I, oh,
0: That's they, a brick. Oh they, yeah. There's a
2: replica. Yeah. There's a, there's one. Of these, this is a replica. There's one of these at the Raiders new right? stadium. Right. Okay. We went
1: and found it when we went and did the game there. I went and found mm-hmm. your brick. Yeah, did you find it? I actually still never found it. Yeah, I found your brick and I found Todd Christensen's brick. Huh. My man. That's, so, that's, I got hey, a take, right take right care there. of my boys right there. I'm telling you, you got, yeah. you got my
2: helmets.
0: Yeah, I see that. I oh, just see the one there's you got two helmets there, our, our little uh, two boxes, probably. A, what's that ball? This
2: is, um, have I, I've told you guys this story. Right? Well, there's
0: no uh, there's no uh, risk of no, someone not knowing whose ball that is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: right here in case you can't see it. This was uh, I'll be quick with the story. In fact, it relates to uh, me having to go back to St. Louis. It relates to our show. I can't wait
0: to hear it.
1: Okay, here we go. All
2: right, I'll make this quick because it's kind of somewhat a long story. So I I was in training (laughs) camp with the Rams. I got released. I didn't get picked up for quite a few weeks. And always all of a sudden, I kind of stopped working out. Started stopped taking care of my body a little bit because it was about seven weeks that I didn't get picked up. My body was already hurt from training camp. So I started kind of slowing down my workout regimen. All of a sudden, week eight of the season, I get a call that the Rams want to work me out. And I'm a little flustered because I'm like, "Oh boy, I haven't worked out for quite some time." <laughs> so I go in. It's between me, they fly in me and one other linebacker, work us both out. And I'm huffing and puffing during this workout. But you got the owner, you've got the head coach, you got the GM, and you got the defensive coordinator and the linebacker coach are all watching me work out, right? So I'm doing drills, and as I'm walking back to go back to the next drill, I'm sitting there like huffing and puffing, but they can't see me, right? Um, after it's after the workouts are done, they tell me, All right, we're signing Nixon. You're 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 gonna be on the squad. I'm like, sweet. I walk in the next morning special teams meeting. I'm starting on every single special team. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I hadn't, guys, I hadn't worked out for like two or three weeks prior. You got to run full
1: speed down the field on special teams. Yes.
2: I was, I've been completely lazy. My hamstrings weren't ready. I <laughs> proceed to go out there. This is the Browns. And they're my first week back with them. We play the Cleveland Browns and I'm playing special teams. The score was like 12, 10 to 12. They were winning. Uh, it was a terrible game. Cause we're a terrible layer. Um, And we proceed to punt it to them with about five minutes left in the game. We punt it to him. I'm on the punt team. I'm going down to cover the punt. Josh Cribs, if you guys remember Josh Cribs, one of the best return guys in the NFL. He fills the punt. He goes to make a move. I see him go to cut again. He exposes the ball a little bit. And I, I see the ball get exposed. I come in and punch it out. He fumbles. We recover on their 30 yard line. Of course we go three now. And out. And, <laughs> no. um, and our kicker comes in and kicks the game winner 13 to 12 we win the game. After the game's over, Steve Spagnuolo, who's the head coach, in the locker room, says the game ball goes to David Nixon. Hey, <laughs> nice. All right. That's nice. awesome. You know, here's, here's my game ball to uh, to show my – That's awesome. That's
0: ball so ball. fun. Don't yeah. let the boys get that out in the side yard. Hey, that, no, that's that says that, right in the office.
1: Yeah, we, that, that one's a little higher. It's tough than we to <laughs> hold Nick, you'd appreciate it. We were at the Sikahemis house long ago with all of our kids, and he has a whole case full of balls, game balls oh, that he got sure. during his career. It's a Pro Bowl returner, right? Yeah. And he had all these Pro Bowl balls and all these things. And and one of our boys said, what's your favorite ball, Vi? And he went down on the end and he grabbed one and it was a preseason game, and and it, and it showed this and and I think it was Kellen asked him and he, and Kellen said why why is that your favorite ball and he goes well because it was at the end of the game and and they were I can't remember I think they were playing the Giants he was it was with the Eagles and or no he was with the Cardinals at that time they punted the ball and he returned it for a touchdown and he got the game ball and. The coach, when he gave him the game ball, said it's a good thing you returned that for a, for a touchdown because staff was talking before the game, and they said if you didn't do something spectacular, we were going to cut you after the game. <laughs> and he was a rookie, and because he returned it and got that ball, he made the team, and he made the Pro Bowl that year as a rookie, as a returner. And he's like, so that's my favorite ball because it's the most important game ball. I don't get any of these other balls without that ball, and I was like, okay, so... It's it's pretty it's pretty cool. The simplest cool. simplest ball is the one that he he thought of was. We'll have to get Vi on the show with us one of these times. It'll be f- fun to have Vi reminisce a little bit. Yeah. Oh.
0: Well, Puka has uh, caught a lot of balls that uh, we thought no human could actually pull in. Um, and uh, and in the event that he suits up for the last time at home on Saturday, uh, we thought we'd talk about him for a minute. Since we've already done your five favorites, uh, we thought we'd get to your five favorite catches. From Pukinakua. Are you ready?
2: Let's do it. Let's roll them out.
0: I know number five you had is the uh, touchdown against USC last year, beating USC Thanksgiving weekend, uh, everything for, for BYU.
2: It was a huge. I mean, you, you look, we talk about this year, the Boys of State kind of propelling them into the offseason. I mean, that catch against USC and the touchdown, his production that game wasn't anything you know huge. He had three catches and 42 yards. But what I love about Puka is the fact that he's just he 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 catches everything in his within his path, but he just makes spectacular plays, and then it's the emotion that he provides to the team when he does make those catches, when he gets up and flexes and, yeah. and gets going, it gets the whole sideline going. So that USC game, even though the production three catch 42 doesn't jump off the page, the one touchdown, I think, is what provided that much needed spark. How
0: about Idaho State, number four? This was a, a touchdown that followed two previous plays that were both to him, so he's pretty much exhausted, Gassed, Yep, jumps over the guy's head, pulls it in, and does just what you said, turned to the crowd and gave a growl.
2: Yeah, six catches for 120 yards, and, and you start doing the math on that one. I mean, a pretty pretty spectacular average for him in that game. Um, but, yeah, I, and listen, you kind of expect him to, to dominate against an Iowa State and, and or a Utah Tech this week. Um, but sometimes those are the hardest games when the expectations are for you to go out and dominate. You actually have to go and produce, yeah. and that's exactly what he did against Idaho State with that touch.
1: So your number three is not against subpar athletes, against SEC guys, where everybody's like, is you going to be able how's Puka going to be against an SEC secondary? And you have that catch in the first quarter against Arkansas as your number three.
2: Yeah, un- unbelievable catch. He goes on to have this game at 14 catches for 157 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but you're right, I, against SEC athletes uh, and, and and goes out and still puts up over 150 yards. And here's the thing about Puka and with a team like uh, with Arkansas. They know that he's getting the ball. The whole stadium knows Puka is getting the ball. And he still goes out there and puts up those numbers against phenomenal athletes. Uh, and Puka just being Puka comes up with a big one against Arkansas.
0: Number two up in Boise, and it's not the number one in Boise. It's the number two in Boise where he shows that uh, that's where he – He gets both feet in, looks like an NFL receiver is what he looks like.
2: Man, that toe touch, I mean, listen, great to him. If he does go pro, which sounds like he probably will, he's got to put some film, you know, put put some plays on film, put it on tape, and that's exactly what he did in that game. The two two toes, while he's falling out of bounds, and the wherewithal to to hold onto the ball, extend the body, and keep both toes, not just one, but both in, definitely, definitely worthy.
1: And, and of course you're number one. this is is this not everybody's number one? Well just you you just tell us what it was.
2: Listen, yes, of course. The the winning touchdown against what you say on a fourth down, uh, to go up and I mean the the concentration, especially when you got a guy if you remember his jersey is pulled off his pads. He he'd been held prior to that play. He's getting just held all over the place to go up, tip the ball, and still while he's falling, he got a guy draped on him. To concentrate, get the ball, and then of course the this one was a one toe, but the toe touch and just barely in bounds uh, to come down. I mean, unbelievably athletic play, and I it's you know when he transferred here to BYU from from Washington, we heard a lot of great things about Puka, and he has one hundred percent lived up to the height. Yeah, and I've, I've loved having him here at BYU, the plays that he brings, but honestly, the emotion he brings to that team as well. Is going to be the probably the biggest hole that'll they be left with this team going forward next year, uh, because he just he provides that just that I mean we tell, we interview him all the time on VOE TV. Has he ever not had a smile on his face? I mean, listen, when they lose games, you can tell he's bugged, but he still has a smile on his face talking yeah. to people. The he just has this He this loves the game, right? right
1: the we talked we, we talked about the Gunner's a guy that loves the game, but does anyone love the game more than Puganakua? It doesn't uh, seem I mean, like
2: it. His his competitiveness. Honestly, his competitiveness and his, the, the, the way he approaches the game, I put it up there with Max Hall. The way that he loves the, the, the game of football and how competitive he is, I put him up there with Max Hall, who I think is probably number one, at least in my book. Who Guys who I, I've been around, Max is number one for me. I think Puka is a 1B uh, or you know, and, and, and could maybe have his own case against
1: Max. And they're gonna miss, they're gonna miss
0: his leadership next year. Yeah, just like they missed his brother's leadership this year.
1: Yeah, when we when you we know? talk about leadership, it's interesting because I've had some conversations with Kalani about this, and and he talks about guys that they lost last year. Nobody thinks about Samson Nakua, but Kalani does because Samson Nakua was one of the best leaders on that football team for the same reasons that Puka is. Something about that family. And how much they love playing football and how much pure enjoyment they get out of it. But how much confidence they bring to their teammates around them when they're on the field. So Samson was much missed, not for his production, but for his leadership. And Puka's going to be both yep. when he's gone next year. No question.
0: All right, brother, thank you for hanging with us tonight. We've got a full Saturday, so I don't know how you're going to get that beard under control by Saturday. But if you start tomorrow and just go in increments... You yeah, may be, because, you know, you got to put makeup on and all that stuff. You, if, you're, if you're bored you Saturday,
1: you can hike up to the Marriott Center with us and call the basketball game after the football game. Um,
2: yeah, I'll see you guys there. Okay, <laughs> sounds <laughs> good. Sounds That's That's good.
0: The great David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst. All right, we'll see you Saturday on the Thanks, tube. Thanks, Dave.
2: Bye, see you, brother. Appreciate it. Good together. to have
0: you back in town. Yep. Awesome. See you. All right. You know, he's going to go down to the Stanford game and hang out there and then go see Taysom. the Saints play the 49ers the next day, right, so right. it's a whole family reunion for, for the great David Nixon. So wait, is he gonna is he gonna join
1: the show from? Stanford? I think so. I
0: think that's I the plan. Have him be on the field there. I think he'll be down there with Spencer. Okay, and we'll see. Yeah,
1: and then it's you and I and B-Lo?
0: Yeah, how are we gonna th- how
1: are we gonna control Bilo? I
0: have no idea. Because Nixon
1: kind of helps us control. We're gonna
0: we'll cut off his caffeine kinda by like, five. He's
1: kind of like a Tasmanian devil. Like he's like. <laughs>
0: BYU Sports Nation game day starts Saturday, 1.30 Eastern time, 11.30 Mountain from Cougar Canyon, just outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Two hours will lead us up to kickoff at 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain, with a live post-game show to follow, and it's all on BYU TV. Delewis Porter is going to be with us in just a bit. He's flown the B-52, the U-2, and the ER-2, a BYU grad up in the sky. And uh, we, we got. Some we great actually stuff have some
1: pictures him. of those different. Oh yeah, yeah. aircraft. We're gonna right? get
0: into. We're gonna get into some yeah, stories. That's cool. He just uh, walked in. He's mentally preparing himself over there. We're and, excited. Uh, we're
1: excited to have him on the show.
0: We've got a lot of news and notes from campus we want to share with you. But first, uh, we'd love you for you to follow us on YouTube. We've got to put a link there in the chat. Hit the subscribe button. It's all free. Click on the bell. You'll get notifications whenever we post something new or go live. The more subscribers we get, the longer. Our wives will let us do this show and follow us on Twitch. Is that that's, is that going to be our new pitch going? line? Is
1: the, 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 the more <laughs> yeah. hey, the more YouTube subscribers we get, the, then our wives will let us do it another Siri, week. That's all serious. So keep so keep subscribing.
0: You get your free account on Twitch. Click on the chat button in the lower right part of the screen. Sign up for free and follow us there.
1: Yeah. See, all, all of these options are are free to you. And you know what? Might as well sign up for YouTube. Sign up for Twitch. Just sign up for all of them and then watch however you want. Yeah, and then and then if you're bored, if you're if you're not able to join us for the whole show, or or you can't watch the show, you can watch it in its entirety on YouTube
0: anytime. Right? And then the podcast comes and out. The podcast tomorrow. is
1: out. Like stick stick it in your uh, phone and and uh, put your air air. Are they called earbuds? What are they called?
0: Airpods. Called, it's literally possible to get too much of us. Airpods. We've got we've we've got. No, yeah, put your the, AirPods, Airpods in yeah. and
1: go for. a, Well, not now. You Don't go for a long bike ride right now. No. Take us skiing
0: with you. <laughs> yeah take yeah. this skiing with you but with be careful airplane. be careful whatever yeah, you do focus so. so let's go over some news and notes and then uh lewis will sit down with us okay um back to utah tech and we got a lot of that uh yeah, yeah. from nicks and, and and from earlier but so this used to be dixie state right they changed their name this year i don't like the name utah tech i think it's like really a, of all the names this is what it is uh, but it replaces Dixie State because some people were bent out of shape about that. And so yeah, here and, we go.
1: And they had they had a nice following down there. It's interesting to talk to Paul Peterson today, their head coach. He said that Utah Tech has resonated and people, they're having more success recruiting outside the state. People don't know who Dixie is, but having the name Utah on it right. gives them an idea. Oh, it's in the state of Utah. It's a technical college, which it isn't really. It's... A regular four-year with graduate program university,
0: right? Yeah, with palm trees,
1: right? So, um, but but anyhow, he he thinks that the name change is good. They're on a three-game winning streak. They're four and six, but they're on a three-game winning streak. They beat Tarleton State thirty-four twenty-eight in their
0: home finale Saturday in Saint George. So this was their second year as an FCS, but it, right. their first year in the WAC,
1: right? And the league is letting them compete for a championship next year. In fact, I think they did this year. They but sleep. they can't go
0: to the playoffs they can't go
1: to, the, to the, 24. The playoffs, right. yeah. So next year, they can compete for a championship again. Then the following year, they'll have full membership, and they can go to the NCAA championship. So
0: here's what they got going for them. Uh, their quarterback is named Victor Gabales. He's thrown for 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns. He started the Sun Bowl last year for Washington State. That's right. And then he transfers over. He's a redshirt freshman. With his coach. With his coach. And how about with his receiver, Joey Hobart?
1: That's right. Hobart, 79 receptions, 1,158 yards and 14 touchdowns. 79 he, receptions. He, That's a school record. He him. leads the nation in all those. Yeah, in and, the FCS. And and so, um, offense coordinator uh, Craig Stutzman, um, he brings these guys down with him. They ran that air raid offense. You know, Mike Leach's origins with the air raid offense. They also ran it. it it's it's kind of, University of Hawaii, where yeah. he played, also runs that four wides, I call it I call it error raid because I think Mike Leach is the guy that perfected it. But Hawaii did a great job with that offense for a number of years, run and shoot kind of a mentality where the quarterback gets the ball out quick. Um and and uh, uh, Victor Gabalis is really becoming a you know, had some growing planes. He's he is a red shirt freshman, yeah. right? Um, did play some last year. You can play four games now and still redshirt he's but, got a good running but, back but the last three games he really seems to be grasping the pre-snap reads where he's supposed to yeah. go with the ball and getting the ball out which makes them a dangerous offensive football team
0: Conley conley's over a thousand yards rushing eight touchdowns he ran for 200 plus last week in their win against tarlington state so more on, on stutzman he, he BYU knows him he was the uh, coordinator over at washington state last year right? when the so cougars B- held B- him to 19
1: BYU did a great job defending that
0: That air raid or that spread, whatever you want to call it. And then he was the passing game coordinator in the game where BYU went over and got beat. Zach Wilson did that uh, helicopter at the goal line and fumbled. Since they didn't have a camera at the goal line, they couldn't call it a touchdown. Yeah, which it was. And that that was a game changer. And then he beat BYU as Hawaii's quarterback. When he was quarterback, 72 45. Wow.
1: Can you even believe that's the highest point total ever against BYU, right? Oh 70, yeah, 7245 uh, in 2001. Uh, that was the Cougars who were 12 and0 at the time. That was their first loss of that season, although he did get kicked out of that game. <laughs> he got the, So he I would just say he was emotional. Um, he punted the football into the crowd and um and jumped into the stands. Yeah, after you can't do either of those two things. Yeah, so that was like a double <laughs> whammy. That's like not only is that a 15-year penalty, you're kicked out of the game because you not only punted the ball into the stands but you jumped into the stands. Yeah. So there you go.
0: But he knows offense, so he's the brain. He's the brain behind this spread and shred. That we're going to see on Saturday, so he's not afraid of of BYU's defense. No. It's just a matter of in an FCS and BYU sixteen and zero against FCSs, the line of scrimmage is where the strength and power of what is where these games are decided.
1: Yeah, and if and BYU's uh, record against FCS teams is perfect. Yeah, and and they typically like I think what's the average like forty eight to fourteen or something crazy something like, like that. that, because what happens is a team like BYU there's some really good skill kids on that Utah Tech team, but B.O.E. should be able to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides. Get their get their hands up in the throwing lanes. Um, hey, they're going to move the football because that's what they do. Yeah. Um, but but it'll be hard for them to sustain drives because the size will eventually show up. Then an offense, BYU should be able to just line up and run the ball right at them if they want to. So you keep that offense off the field a little bit. And Puka Nuku is a mismatch for Arkansas's defensive backs.
0: Yeah. He's going to so
1: he's, he's he's be a He's got an opportunity to have a
0: big day. Exactly. And, and Hall's looking good and looking healthy. Uh, so that's Saturday. Next Saturday, BYU and Stanford, the Cougars' regular season finale, September 26th. The game's going to start at 8 o'clock local time at Stanford. That's 9 yeah. Mountain. That's when a late I saw, one.
1: When I saw that today, I was like, oh, that's man. That's
0: 11 p.m. on the East Coast. The good news is it's on FS1. We all get that, and we right. avoided the whole Pac-12 network thing.
1: Yeah, though, uh, the A late game on Pac-12, Pac-12 uh, that was
0: going to be a – and Ken Lund is going to join us on the Wise Guys next Tuesday uh, to discuss all the alumni activities around this, this BYU-Stanford game where they are expecting thousands of BYU fans yeah, to it'll, flock it'll from, from that area. Uh, and so we'll get the lowdown on that. I'm excited about that. It's, it's the latest game on Thanksgiving weekend. Everyone can just kind of lay around, watch game day, watch the ball game. If you're still awake, the post-game show, and it's a great holiday weekend.
1: So we're going to have to get my son-in-law on and see who he's rooting for in this one.
0: Well, I think I think we know who he should be rooting for. Should
1: be rooting for BYU at this point. His brother-in-law coaches at BYU. Yeah, he,
0: that should be enough.
1: I, I know that he played at Stanford when they were great, but so
0: they're not great now, that's yeah. going to be a game. BYU can yeah, go
1: down there. He's, and he take and care. a lot of the alumni have been really, really frustrated with the way Stanford's played the last couple of years. So, so my son-in-law Dallas Lloyd was captain and the starting free safety um, for Stanford when they were Rose Bowl champions and yeah. and Sun Bowl champions. Um, uh, but that, that's when Christian McCaffrey was there. And, and he's not back there now to help. No, Christian's help. not going to be returning any kicks or running out of the backfield. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that should be a fun one. Hey, how about BYU Hoops? A couple of games this week that you and I are going to be calling in the Marriott Center. They're back in action tomorrow night against Missouri State. Um, coverage on BYU TV starts at eight Eastern six mountain with a game day. Uh, that's Tyler Hawes and, and Jerem Jordan full hour, right? And you and I are part of that we show as well. We yeah. chime in a little bit from and Spencer our,
0: has interviews with from, players from court, and coaches. Yeah.
1: Um, some, some great stuff. Um, all the action will start at nine Eastern seven mountain. You and I, and Spencer Linton on the sidelines for us. will call that game. Um, so the bears are picked to finish fourth in the Missouri Valley conference. BYU, remember, went on the road to Missouri State last year and won 74-68 thanks to twenty one points from Alex Barcelo. So no Alex Barcelo. No, I am predicting that Rudy Williams has a great game. He needs to. I think we're going to feature him in our open yeah. um, because I think he's going to have a great game.
0: Eight turnovers at San Diego State was was not good. Yep. He's going he to he's going to finally
1: feel comfortable in this one. He's going to score. He's going to take care of the ball.
0: So good. I'm going to watch that. Yeah. I'm going to watch that if you promise that. Right,
1: and then then Saturday night. Um, you and I will have that Nickel State game. That's also on BYU TV. We're going to go from the stadium up to the Marriott Center and broadcast that nickel State game. Is that it's a seven
0: o'clock yeah. tip? Nine um, as well. So women's hoops today. They had a matinee with 16th ranked Oklahoma. The Sooners out of the Big Twelve rallied to win the game. Fifteen. Cougar turnovers the difference, especially down the stretch. Very similar to how BYU gave away the San Diego State game on the men's yeah, side. couldn't take care of the ball the, down the stretch. Sooners win at 77-66. Lauren Gustin, 15 points and 20 rebounds.
1: She's she's a rebounding machine. Yeah. We, 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 as we were down doing the tournament last year, there were games where I thought, is she going to get every rebound in this game?
0: She is a force. They're heading to Hawaii now for the North Shore Showcase. Friday against Washington State, Saturday against Troy. They're going to play the games at the Cannon Event Center on the BYU-Hawaii campus in La Aie. Cougars 0-3 out of the gate after losing Shaley Gonzalez, Paisley Harding, Maria Albiero, Tegan Graham, and Sarah Hampson to graduation or to the portal in Gonzalez's case. It's going to take some time. I, I texted Coach Whiting afterwards and said, hey, the winds will come. Enjoy Hawaii. They're going to be on the North Shore.
1: You and I haven't been back to Hawaii together to call it like – we loved first of all when Hawaii was in the league with BYU cuz we'd yeah. get over there and then then you and I would call the UNLV preseason package for football and basketball and we'd get over there for a game or two there. And, and my do,
0: wedding ring is still over there in like yeah, because one of those you,
1: bays. No, it's in Waimea Bay cuz we were jumping <laughs> off that giant rock that you weren't going to jump off until my little cousin jumped off. Then of we it. had to as peer and pressure. And it's like yeah, peer pressure we got to do it now. Like like you and I were sitting there talking about there's really no reasonable reason why we should do this. Yeah. That's what we were talking. Then my little cousin, Michelle,
0: she jumps off. She
1: just jumps off in, and then you look, I look at each other and we go, Well, now we kind of have to. Now we have
0: And so we did. And then, and then you lost somewhere, your wedding ring. Uh, my wedding ring just washed right off the finger. I think right
1: now that wedding ring is a nose ring in a dolphin. <laughs> it <laughs> might <laughs> be.
0: The good news for the women's program is they have some firepower coming.
1: Yeah, that's right. Amari Whiting made it official signing her letter of intent to play for her mom, Amber, at BYU.
0: How's that going to be? We
1: talked to Amber about that when she came on the show with us. Uh, She's a four-star guard. She decommitted from Oregon after Amber took the BYU job. Amari is mending a torn ACL, but will be ready to go uh, for BYU's debut season in the Big 12. That's big. They they also got a couple of other uh, big signees. 6'2", Marina Mata out of Spain. Six-foot, Aliyah Mata. I'm trying to remember this. Matavao. Matavao?
0: Sounds like it. Looks like it.
1: No, I'm going to say it's Aliyah Mataveo. Mataveo.
0: Mataveo. Aliyah
1: Mataveo, yeah. Gatorade Player of the Year in Nevada. And and 5'10", Kelly Woolston from nearby Lone Peak High School, um, who's the Deseret News 6A Player of
0: the Year. So really, really so nice Helps coming. Class. Yeah,
1: helps coming. Hopefully that's Big 12 talent. I think it
0: is. Cross-country, the NCAA championships are Saturday in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Last year, Connor Mantz won the individual title for the men for the second year in a row. Whitney Orton won the women's individual title. Now the Cougars are going back with a shot at the team titles. So they'll be running that on Saturday. We'll have an update for you during our football broadcast. Uh, we wish Ed Eyestone and the group uh, the very best. and They have been the best. The men have been ranked number one or number two all season I think, long. I think the
1: men are going to win. Women
0: are it. number five.
1: Do you think the men are going to win? It? I do. I, I think do. they're going to win. Gonna... I'm feeling a
0: win for the men. So So that's on Saturday. We'll keep an eye on that.
1: Hey, women's soccer, um, BYU defeated Utah Valley 3-0 in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They got to host. Uh, The Cougars will face Stanford in the second round in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, on Thursday at 3 Eastern. Originally, that was scheduled for 2 and got moved to 3. BYU's BYU's on a 12-match unbeaten streak, and Stanford is on a 10-match unbeaten streak. Something's something's, got to give. Something's something's got to give. Somebody's streak's about to get snapped. And uh, I like that it's on the East Coast, though, so it's neutral.
0: I'm glad it's not at Stanford. Right, And right. it's too cold to be playing here, so yeah, maybe miserable. it's better back there. So. But but they're in that bracket where if you get through Stanford, eventually you got to get through North Carolina. Yeah. And, uh, you know, magic happened last year in the tournament. Sure did. Just got to win in advance.
1: Well, and BYU's been you know really, really solid on, on defense. Man, they get a lot of shots yeah. off, but just seems like they're not going in like they were last year. They lost a lot of talent last year, but here they find themselves right back in the tournament. And that's a program that compete in the Big 12 the day BYU gets into the Big 12.
0: Yeah. So we so. wish them the best of luck on Thursday. The WCC Awards, the final awards for BYU, out for the soccer team, Lavina Vaca, the defensive player of the year, Jamie Shepard, the midfielder player of the year, and then Vaca, Shepard, and Brecken Mazingo named first team, Ali Fryer, and Izzy Stratton named to the all-freshman team.
1: So the future, future is bright. Um, how about women's volleyball? BYU's at Pepperdine on Thursday and at LMU on Saturday, so that's at SoCal Road Swing. Uh, the Cougars come back to wrap up the regular season against number two, San Diego, at the Smith House next Tuesday night, the 22nd, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain on ESPNU. That will be a big one. Um, number two, San
0: Diego. All right. Hey, DeLewis, come take the hot seat. Our next guest graduated from BYU in 1973 in counseling and psychology, But that had nothing to do with what he was about to do for the rest of his career. Instead, he flew the B-52 bomber, the U-2 reconnaissance planes for the Air Force, and the ER ER-2 on scientific studies for NASA. He's live with us in studio. A pleasure to welcome the retired Colonel DeLewis Porter to the Wise Guys. You've just classed this place way up, so welcome. When I asked you to come on the show, you said, well, why would you want me? And we're like, are you kidding? You're as close to Tom Cruise as we're ever going to have on this program.
1: (laughs) That's right. We're in trouble. (laughs) But just just so you know, we asked Tom. He said no. Actually, we couldn't even get the time to ask him, to be honest with you. So Dave wanted Tom after Maverick... uh, top good maverick came
0: out did you like that show i did
5: yeah which did. did you
0: like better the original or the or the sequel
5: uh the sequel i think yeah there was some there was a lot of hollywood with the first one yeah uh, the second one was maverick was uh more realistic
0: so did
1: you did you feel like it, re, it represented um what it would really be like in that in that type of a mission and
5: i think so uh there's there's some license there hollywood license there with that but there was more realistic especially especially pulling the g's those were as yeah. i understand the face actual, the, you right. can't
0: act the, you can't send yeah. the left side of your face to your yeah. ear yeah. right
5: yeah. so those, those guys were pulling g's and and uh, uh, having experienced a little bit of that uh, it's no fun
0: yeah it's so you fun. now i want to make sure
1: we get these right t-37 t-38 b-52 bomber u2 er2 you flew all those planes, right? Right. Which, which one's the most fun to fly? How cool is it to fly? Any all of those things are pretty cool, but which one's the most fun to fly?
5: Let me let me first first of all start off. You two guys, truly, you're my heroes. Listen, Mike, you way. don't oh, need to suck up to no. us. I'm not. You're sucking the star up. tonight. No, no, I'm not sucking <laughs> up. When I grow up, I want to be just like you. <laughs> no. I, I got to tell you, we I never have
1: grow a, up. That's why we just, we just we've decided never to grow up. Thirty something years and. And we just can't believe it's been that many.
0: And it's like a Peter Pan show here decided, that we're not growing we've up. We've
1: decided that we are <laughs> never going to grow up.
0: This is what we're,
1: we're so, not going to do.
5: really, how cool is it to fly? How's the best way to explain it? It's one of the passions of my life. My yeah. God, my family, and my country. And with my country, it was a lot of the flying. It was a passion. It started early in my life, and uh, it just continued on. I just, I just loved it. Uh, my dad told me early on, he said, uh, boy, he called me boy. He says, boy, when you grow up, you need to make sure that you pick something for an occupation or profession in life that you'd like to do. That, you don't, that you're not afraid to get out of bed in the morning. And there were often times I'd wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to, to be out at the, the base or the deployed site to fly an airplane at, uh, at 7 o'clock. And I was just waiting to get out of bed because I knew that day. I knew that day I was going to strap a jet on my back. And I was, <laughs> oh, was going to take a stick in my hand, a throttle in my left hand, push it all the way forward, and then I was going to head to the moon. And I loved oh,
0: it. Man. Now, look, when you, when you were flying the U-2, and we're going to show the pictures in a minute, um, the pilots are hand-picked for the program. Uh, you're wearing your orange flight suits. you got your white turtlenecks. You've got your, your leather gloves in your pocket. How cool do you guys feel?
5: Yeah, you're cool. <laughs> not so much anymore at my age, but you're cool. It was. It and you was walked
0: just, around just like, "Oh, we are it."
5: Well, U two particularly, the U two was a selected duty assignment. Yeah. It was, a, it was a, it was a black world selected duty assignment. Which is what
0: best of the best.
5: Yes. Yeah. When I I entered the program, the U two program in 1979, 1980 is when I took my training, and at that time, it's not. It's not the same now, but at that time, out of every 100 applicants, there were five that were chosen. And and I'll sound a little bit like I'm clapping myself. Or That's cl- all I'm, right. No, you should. Tonight, right? You but, should. But uh, uh, it was just neat. I just, to be a part of a select group of men like that. Now, let me hastily talk about this. I say men because at that time, there were no women U-2 pilots, but right. now, there, now are. there are. Now yeah. there are. But it was it was cool. So but
0: as we, you're walking around, are you feeling like uh, you're Tom Brady? Is that the closest to being? Yeah, because because I,
1: I was thinking about that. We always like to make sports analogies and parallels because lots of our folks are sports. You're flying U2s. U2s. That's the equivalent of starting at quarterback in the National Football League. Maybe even more select than that because there's 32 of those. There's 32 of those. So you yeah. got that going yeah. for you.
5: Yeah, I did. I do. Yeah, it was. It was, it was something I, I don't know how to put it in words, but it was, uh, I, I loved it. And I guess the biggest part of that was not only flying the airplane, that was the biggest part, but also the men that you, that they were brothers. Uh, I loved them. They were every sense of the word, my brothers and, and uh, they watched out for me. I watched out for them. We all had each other's back. It was a team mentality right. that you, the two of you talk about each week. The team and it was truly a team mentality it was was wonderful
1: when you were here you were here and you heard us talking to dave nixon dave was talking about that that the thing that he missed once he was done playing uh football was the camaraderie and he's still great friends with his old teammates they're you know a band of brothers and they still get together he just he and a bunch of them including my son that played with him went down to southern california golfing is it that kind of camaraderie, the same kind you feel on a football field where you guys are just brothers and you're brothers forever?
5: Yeah, I still, I still talk to the fellow YouTube pilots. And when I say brothers, and when I, when I mentioned just a moment ago, they got your back and you've got theirs. It once again, sounds a little melodramatic, but it's with your life. Right. These, these, and yep. we we'll talk maybe talk a little bit about this a little bit later on, but uh, they you depend on them for your life. If they if they mess up, then s- bad things can happen to you. When I first got when I first got uh, hired into the program, a lieutenant colonel by the squadron commander, his name was Willie Horton. Uh, I think he since passed away. But uh, uh, when I got accepted to the program, he said to me, and he said, "Now, Captain, you need to understand something." I said, "Yes, sir." He said, "Listen." If you do good, you know that you're the only one up there. The U-2 is only has one engine and one pilot. You're the only one in it. And he says, if you do good, you're going, to get the, you're going to get the credit for that. But do you understand me when I tell you if you do bad, I'm going to be the one that's going to come down on you hard? Do you understand me? Yes, sir, I said. <laughs> was that the U-2 funny. we were just yeah, looking at? It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's
1: the U-2 that we were just looking at. So those of you watching with us, that's that's the U-2. This plane can fly at altitudes of what? 70,000 feet?
5: Yeah, above 70,000 feet. 70,000 feet, uh, the max altitude, uh, the glide distance, and the number of airplanes still in existence, U 2s, uh, are still classified. At least it was classified when I left the program. I don't know what it is now, but it's well above 70,000
1: feet. Wow, and, h- and how fast? Does that plane fly? Or is it not about the speed?
5: With the U-2, it's not about the speed as, as opposed to the SR-71. The SR-71, which is a Lockheed airplane, was Mach 3+, plus, but the U-2 is sub-Mach. Uh, at altitude, you're cruising. You live and die by the Mach number at altitude, and it's .715 Mach, Point. 715. Tom Cruise
0: so, went like 11, right, in the movie?
1: No, 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 no. He, uh, he, he tried to, but like that, that wasn't real. That, like that. test yeah. one, he went, yeah. he, he he went have, to ten, mock. 10. That one
0: might have been more Hollywood. That, that was that. Hollywood, right? That, that was a little bit of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, these adventures that, that we're going to talk about, uh, so they start really in Idaho Falls at a drive-in theater. You're watching a movie as a kid, and you've got pilots on the big screen, and they've got their sunglasses on, they're looking cool. They're getting out of these awesome machines, and and you're hooked.
5: Yeah, you remember that Let me telling you that, don't yeah, you, Dave. yeah, uh, Idle Falls, Idaho. The Skyview Theater was a drive-in <laughs> theater. Uh, some of you may remember it's one where you, the speaker came in, you hung it on your window, and listened to it in the car. Oh
1: yeah, I remember yeah. that. You remember that? I do remember yeah. that.
5: And so I was I was young at the time. I'm thinking it was probably seven or eight years old, something like that. Yeah, uh, I. Uh, uh, the, the movie that night was about uh, Korea and the war in Korea with the uh, F-86s. Uh, and so I was watching this movie, and all of a sudden it shows the flight line with a row of F-86s, which I still believe is one of the most beautiful airplanes ever made. And there the pilots are walking out. They've got their parachutes on their back. <laughs> they're holding their, their ha- uh, helmet in their hand. They've got their flight suits on. They've got their gloves. And they're crawling up in that airplane, and as they're walking out to the airplane... Okay, they've got the swagger. Yeah, are you ready? Yeah, they've got the swagger. <laughs> and I looked at that at that age, and that that image did not leave me. Now that might that might make you think that I was a little bit juvenile. Well, I was. Well, you were. You were eight years old. <laughs> so, but,
1: but that but that's what you said you wanted to do when you were eight years old, and and then you pursued a normal academic career. You got your degree in what psychology at,
5: at counseling, psychology counseling psychology at, at,
1: at, at, at BYU, um, and. But then did what, I love that you and your dad, we were having this conversation, we had my son on a couple weeks ago about you got to do something that you love, that you're passionate about. Dave Nixon was just talking about that yep. just now. So what you were passionate about is what you actually ended up going to do. And and now I, we want you to tell this story because now we're going to fast forward a few years from, from the eight-year-old. You're flying B-52D and G model bombers. Uh, you and your crew are assigned to stand on alert in the event that something uh, should happen. And out on the tarmac is a B-52 loaded with nuclear weapons, ready to go and drop on the Soviet Union. You get the call to go out to the B-52. What happened with that story?
5: Okay. I, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's stop back a little bit. Uh, every third week, you'd pull a week of what they call alert. And that's nuclear alert at the time. That's when uh, there was no airborne nuclear alert at the time, but there were B-52s on the ground. They were loaded, as you said, with nuclear weapons. And uh, uh, if the klaxon, they called it a klaxon, if a klaxon went off, that was the horn, you would immediately run to the pickup. There was every crew had a pickup and you drive that because it's down a ways on the ramp. Mm -hmm. You drive it to the aircraft and uh, get in the airplane and you always started the engines. You always started the engines. And because with the B-52 at that time, it had a cartridge start. Uh, black powder would explode in two of the engines, and the bleed air from those engines would light the others. Like the everyone's other
0: neighbor's Volkswagen. Right. Gotcha.
5: Remember the B-52s uh, got eight engines. And so a lot of them started. And so there was a process that you went through. Well, we're doing that, the pilot and the co-pilot. Then the EW, electronic warfare officer, is in the back, and he's copying down codes. There is an unbelievable amount. Of steps that have to be go that you have to go through before a nuclear weapon is detonated, right? And so these are just the beginning of it. So incident. you're
0: sitting there, and all of a sudden, you get the call to get in
5: the plane, right? You don't and, know and, and that thinking, there's a computer issue. You're doing it. Are we, are we, are it, right? we yeah.
1: going to drop nuclear bombs on Russia <laughs> right now? Is that what you're thinking?
5: Well, there was there was the two steps two steps again been completed in that in that well, line made. of steps that have to be accomplished right. and you never did go to the third step because the third step was to taxi the airplane for takeoff and so all of a sudden the e, and the EW and the navigator Uh, they talk back and forth and confirm that that the code is right and so we got the third one and i looked over at uh uh, dale bugby he was the (laughs) co-pilot he looked at me our eyes turned huge and all of a sudden the whole world got very serious yes i can
1: imagine man
5: because we thought there were incoming nukes into america that's the only that's the only reason you'd take off and so everybody got very serious from there, and we prepared to taxi, and then all of a sudden we got a special code that's given out from command post at Carswell Air Force Base. That's where I was at the time yeah. from Strategic Air Command, which was at Offit, and they, they in essence, canceled that that particular oh, exercise. Man. Were you relieved? Oh, my word.
1: <laughs> and I like- say I can imagine, but I can't imagine, no. actually.
0: That's, you're, that, you're in the cockpit. Yeah. You're ready to go.
1: The and then seriousness, it's like- The seriousness of that where you're just thinking, what is...
5: Well, think of this, and this is once again not trying to be melodramatic, but think of this. If that happens, you take off, and if you ever get to the point where you're going to drop nuclear weapons, if it comes to that, you know that you no longer, there is no longer at Carswell Air Force Base. There is no longer Fort Worth, Texas. And oh, by the way, may I add this, there is no longer your family. They're gone.
1: That's crazy. Crazy, crazy. So so thank goodness that was a computer glitch. Um,
5: Delewis Porter, former
0: Air Force pilot, and the first BYU grad, as far as we know, to fly the U-2, especially over Russia, on the Wise Guys tonight. Uh, So next you're flying the U-2, which is a high-altitude reconnaissance aircraft. You get your orders from the White House, the Pentagon, and the State Department. And it's just you to go up and take pictures. So what's the difference flying when you're the only... (laughs) You're the only crew on board. One engine and you. It's you just know. you and the plane and 70,000 feet down below.
5: Yeah, it's it's surreal. Yeah, Oftentimes, there's, there's a... Well, it's surreal. I, I still struggle to be able to put it into words, but uh, you have a job to do. You, you, you prepare for those missions, those ops missions in the U-2, which is a high-altitude reconnaissance air, airplane, of course. You prepare methodically for that uh, and, and so when you go fly that mission you know exactly what you're going to do you know exactly when you're going to do it and you know exactly what you can expect from the bad guys
1: yeah man so, hey, so, so one day I'd kind of like to have a wingman yeah, I don't know. I want to you go there. by myself either <laughs> but Dave and I we can't even do a show by ourselves we always <laughs> have to do it together so we're kind of attached at the hip so one day you're going to a meeting And you get a call from NASA. Next thing you know, your own flight plans have changed, right? Because you're going going to go in a different direction. Um, How did that go?
5: Yeah, that was, uh, I was, uh, this was in. By the uh,
0: way, no one else gets this kind of a phone call.
5: Right, exactly. So go ahead. This is in 1996. That's the year I retired from the Air Force and what What uh, caused that is I got a call one day. I was at Beale Air Force Base. That's in northern California, just a little bit north of Sacramento. And I got a call from a a fellow brother, uh, Bill Collette. And he was a U-2 pilot. We had known each other uh, very well. And he had been hired, after he left the Air Force flying U-2s, he had been hired by Lockheed to be contracted to NASA to fly NASA's ER ER-2s. Now, the ER ER-2 is a high-altitude. It's the same thing as a U-2, only they do airborne science and it's high-altitude work for them. And so he says, he says D, how are you doing? I says, I'm doing fine. What are you doing, Bill? He says, listen, uh, what are you doing? I says, well, I'm going to go to a meeting in 10 minutes. He says, no, you're not. And I says, Now, what do you mean? What do you mean, Bill? He says, no. What am I going to do? He says, you're going to go to CBPO, Consolidated Base Personnel Office. You're going to go up there, and you're going to retire from the Air Force. And, and why am I going to do that, Bill? <laughs> and he <laughs> says, because I need you. I need you here at that time. It was at, uh, at Moffett, uh, where the ER-2s were. That's in the Bay Area, San Jose. And he says, because I need you to, uh, to, t- to be on a deployment to fly the ER-2 in Alaska. We're going to do some work in Alaska. And so... I said, okay, Bill. Well, that's what I'll do then. And the reason being is because, remember when I said it was a passion? Because I knew that it would allow me to continue to fly the U-2 and airplanes for another 16 years. Ah, And so I went to CBPO. I put my paperwork in to retire. Christine knew nothing about it. That's my my bride. She knew nothing about it until I went home and said, well, I retired from the Air Force today, dear.
0: Okay, now let's talk about your bride there for a second. (laughs) So... Uh, I know part of this story so NASA asked you how much you want to get paid and um, and let me ask you this, was it a mistake that you did not consult Christine on the answer you gave
5: yeah it it, it probably kind of was <laughs> I I when I went to work uh, for for the after, after Lockheed lost the contract for the ER2, another company picked it up, and we won't mention that name, but another company picked it up. And then an HR representative called me, and they said, now, Mr. Porter says, uh, we have never had a pilot work for us before. And, and so we don't know quite how to do this, but we're looking at a compensation package. And I said, okay and uh, I hadn't even considered a compensation package. I was doing what I'd love. <laughs> yeah, you, and, and so, you are
1: in the military, which is all very structured,
5: right? That, well, that's right, that's right. Well, I'd been working for Lockheed, but anyway. Oh, she that's said, right, you work for them. Then, right, yeah. and so she said, she said well, uh, what do you think you need? And I said, well, I hadn't given it any thought. And she says, well, what I'm going to do... This is this is oh, a quote. No. what I'm going to do is, by I'm the go- way,
0: this also never happens to us. Go ahead. Yeah.
5: <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a number and then you tell me how many zeros to put after it. She actually said that.
0: Wow.
5: And foolish me. She didn't know that I would do what I was doing for no pay compensation at all. I I would slip
1: and say that once in a while and then we'd have to take it back
5: (laughs) because there's someone going really okay
1: they would do it for nothing well then we're way overpaying them so
5: so so anyway she she uh, she said to me tell me how many zeros I says uh, I said ma'am listen what I'm getting compensated for right now is is fair enough and I told her what the number was and I says it's that's fair to me. And she, she thought about that for a moment and she said, she said, well, we will do that. But if if it's all right with you, if it's all right with me, (laughs) can we sweeten the pot a little bit by a sign on bonus? And so oh, she. So they
0: think. took care of you, yeah. but when you told that story to your wife, she she would have had an answer of how
5: many zeros, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, and that <laughs> have been a
0: little bit more than than you might have. I think I think
5: there should have been at least six zeros. <laughs> well, that's a family joke now, and Christine every once oh, in a while still will chide me about oh, yeah. that.
0: She has to. Oh, she, she's earned that right. That so sorry. you, but they they paid you well, and and now you're now you're. Flying the ER two, we're visiting with De Porter on the Wise Guys. He's a BYU grad, a solo pilot of the Air Force U two and NASA ER two reconnaissance planes, flying all over the world. And now let's get into some specifics. Yeah, some specific three missions. cool missions we want to talk about.
1: Yeah, okay. should we start? Let's yeah. start with let's start with your flight. You fly over the Amazon in um, a study of thunderstorms. So you fly it at night by yourself. Um, you hit the lights and literally sail along with the stars out there over the Amazon. What was that like?
5: Yeah, that was that was one of those things we call an epiphany. It truly was. <laughs> and so what we were doing, it was... Uh, and when
0: uh, you say we, it's you up there by yourself.
5: Yeah, me and the airplane. Right. You, oh, that's uh, we. That's we. Yeah, that's okay. We. Yeah, I honestly believe that, that the airplanes were part human. <laughs> I, I, each one of them flew a little bit different, but that's not what we're talking about. So working out of deployed to San Paulo, uh, Brazil, San Paulo, Brazil, and we were for the scientists. We were doing work over the Amazon at night where there was convection. Convection to a scientist means thunderstorms. Right. And so there, and they are some
0: nasty ones.
5: Yes, yeah. and there's so they're, much
0: humidity
1: that yeah, stuff just yeah. builds up.
5: Yeah, and so yeah, and so I took the airplane. It was about two two and a half hours out to the out to where the thunderstorms were and where they wanted to do me to do work. I was not talking to air traffic control because when you're above 70,000 feet, there is nobody, nobody else. is up there, So right? they, don't, they don't care about no, you. No worry about <laughs> right. a bird encounter. You're too high. <laughs> there, is, there is nobody else. And so I'm talking to the scientist on the ground, and I've got equipment on the airplane that's measuring what they want to measure. I'll make this fast. And so they... Uh, th- for about four hours, they worked with me, and the time went real fast, and they, they tell me where they want the airplane. And so I take it there and turn whatever instruments on when they want me to turn them on. Then now it's time to go back. They said, Lewis, we're done with you. You can take the, bring the airplane back on home. And I said, fine. And so I'm heading home. There's some cleanup work in the uh, uh, of the airplane. I hate a dirty cockpit. So clean everything up, right. make all of the notes, because I know that I'm going to need to give a briefing to the sinist when I get on the ground. So I, I write down everything that I want to remember. Wait, so from. how
1: are you flying the plane? Did you put it on autopilot and you're writing down some stuff?
5: That's right. It's on autopilot. Nice. It's just you
0: up there in the sky in autopilot. Right. Flying over the Amazon.
5: And the autopilot has a mock hold function. Remember I said you live and die by the mock. Yeah, .71 was the one I remember.
0: 715.
5: 715. There you go. And See, it's, uh, attention yeah. to de-
1: uh, detail, it's all detail is important here cuz it wasn't 0.71 it was 0.715 which is close to 0. How did you not get
0: scared up there?
5: There was three times that I was that I was scared I thought I was going to lose my life in the airplane. Yeah. And I guess we won't go into those but there were three times. And that's th- and I wasn't scared. It's just that I knew that because what was happening, I knew that I was probably going to die. Once again being melodramatic. And so, uh, but, but other than that, I never was scared in the airplane. Uh, I had a great deal of confidence in that airplane, the U-2 slash the ER-2. And I had a great deal of confidence in Lockheed and the maintainers of that airplane. I trusted them seriously with my life as I did the mobile pilot, which is the backup pilot for the day. Yeah. So I'm over the Amazon at night. They tell me to come home. I clean up the cockpit and then I start looking out around me. Yeah. And the sky above me, okay, now, I'm going to try to put this in words right. best I can. The sky above me, it looks, there's so many stars that it looks like you can, I could get out of the airplane and walk on them. But before I did that, before I looked out of it, and as I'm looking at this, I say to myself, this is, this is amazing. This is amazing. And so I reach down to the lower left-hand side of the cockpit of the U-2, and I turned the lights off. I turn all of the interior lights off and also the exterior lights. Yeah, uh,
1: hey, Nobody's going to hit you up there. You're, you're safe.
5: Gonna, but, it's like but, walking through the kitchen
0: with the lights on trying to get to the fridge.
1: Right. No, you're not going to run into the table. You're not running into anything up there.
5: <laughs> but the beautiful thing about this with the lights off in the cockpit is – the lights are off. And so no longer can you see the wings. No longer can you see the cockpit. There's nothing there. And after a little bit, your mind does funny things to you. And all of a sudden, it feels like you're just sitting there in empty space. Now, in a U2 and an ER2 at those altitudes, you're in a full pressure suit. Yeah. So I can hear myself breathe. Like Vader. I can hear myself breathe. I can feel a little bit of noise, feel the vibration in my seat from the engine, f- hear a little bit of noise, but other than that, Nothing. pretty soon I'm just like I'm floating in space, and I'm looking at these stars, and I'm I, and I feel I wonder uh, the immensity of space and how insignificant I must be in the eternal scheme of things.
1: Man, that's not experienced very many people, o- other than astronauts, who gets that experience?
5: Uh, it's like I say, it's it was a passion. It was a passion,
0: and I've heard you speak about this, and it was also a spiritual experience of uh, the magnificence of the Creator.
5: It was. Is I sat there and and uh, I uh, I had believed in my, all my life in a, in a Heavenly Father right. and in a Jesus Christ. Sure. I believed that. I knew that they existed. I still know it even better than then. But at that time, I was a full-grown man, an adult, and I, I felt that I, my, my position on the eternities were pretty solid. But I sat there and looked up that, and I said to myself, I said, I wonder, I wonder, because all my life I have been taught that my Heavenly Father and the Savior know about me. Mm-hmm. And so I sat there and I looked up there, and I said, I asked the question, Heavenly Father, do you really know if I'm here or not? And like I said, I was a full-grown man. You'd think I'd know that by then, at that time in my life. In fact, ecclesiastically, I had some responsibilities mm-hmm. that would, right. would. You'd think that I would know that, but I asked the question, and that's the important part. I asked the question, and as soon, as soon as I asked that question, do you know about me? Do you know that I'm here? Do you know who I am? There was no epiphany. There was no audible. Okay, there was an epiphany, there was no audible, there was no vision. I'm not trying to say that there was, but at that moment, at that time, over the Amazon, at two o'clock in the morning, there was a warmth and an embrace in an embrace and a thought to the mind and feeling to the heart that yes, De Lewis, I know you. I know you very well, and oh by the way, I love you. And I just sat there and I've got a I got a pressure suit on, so I can't open the visor and wiped the tears that's coming down my cheeks because it was that it was that stirring for me. I started to weep about it. Yeah. Now, that isn't very manly and Tom Cruise, like is it? <laughs> but I started to weep, and and the tears rolled down my cheek, and you can't you can't wipe them off or anything. And then and so yeah yeah I I guess that's
0: and are you are you sure that you also didn't hear Hey De why don't you turn the lights back on on the plane? <laughs> 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 It,
5: we we i i kept it like that for probably i'd say 30 minutes wow. and then it was time what, to what an experience that's fantastic
0: yeah. all right let's move over from Xanadu to flying over five hurricanes yeah. what are you doing up there over a hurricane especially yeah. at night and what does a hurricane look like at 2 in the
1: from, morning yeah from the top down
5: yeah. yeah uh flew over hurricanes out of uh out of uh, uh patrick air force base in uh In Florida, Mm -hmm. Hurricane George, that was the one that when I, at nighttime, looked down, and I saw the blue and the red lightning. Uh, Now, they were very short, very short, but they're blue and red. They call them uh, jets and sparks jetson sparks something like that and so finished that mission got back down on the ground and as i told you there's there's a couple of hundred scientists and so i'm debriefing them and i happened to mention that i'd seen this lightning with the different colors and all of a sudden the room goes silent and so um paul not, not the actor a scientist by the name of Paul Newman. He said, you know he Paul says,
1: Newman could play that part yeah, in the show. Can,
5: yeah, he said, what did you just say? And I said, well, I saw it in the eye of the hurricane. I saw the, the jets and the sprites, and they were blue and red. And, well, it was the first time out of a hurricane that that had been documented. And so it was a big to-do for them. Oh, wow.
1: wow. A big to Did do. they have theories about that before but just never able mm-hmm. to document it? Yeah. And so you basically confirmed for them what they were thinking was happening.
5: Well, as I understand it, and you can go to Google and see this, the air astronauts had experienced similar things. They saw those also. Yeah. And so, but this was documented. And it was, you asked me what it was like. The one out of San Jose, or, yeah, San Jose uh, Costa Rica. Rica, Costa Rica. Uh-huh. Costa Rica. Uh, there was one that I flew over there. There was a lot of turbulence at that altitude, and and once again, I'm trying to put this into words. I looked down. I looked down at the hurricane, the eye of the hurricane, and it was just not red and blue, but a white uh, lightning just going everywhere, just like explosions down there. Yeah. And I knew, I knew that if that engine failed me, or if the airplane failed me at that time, that it Going down, and that would be a horrible experience. Right. But uh, can I say this? It looked that hurricane at that time looked almost evil. Mm. Wow! It was, it was, yeah. Let me let me describe it like that. It looked almost evil. Wow!
1: Is it? So is it true? Like when you're you're looking from the top down, and you're not going down into the eye of the no. hurricane, you're standing up above no. it. Is it calm in the eye? You know how they say that in the eye of the hurricane, it, there's quiet in the, in the very center of it? Yes. Can you see that, that there's calm and quiet in the middle? And, or, or is there lightning going across that?
5: Lane, that's a good question. And the answer to that, it changed with the different, different hurricanes. Some of them, you couldn't see the eye at all. It was just clouds all over the top of it. Mm. Others were just, the, the eye was very defined and very, very clear.
0: Mm. What does it sound like up there above a hurricane at night?
5: It, there's there's no sound there's except the slight hum of the engine. That's it. Wow. Yeah, you don't hear anything.
0: That's that's cool. What an
1: experience! Another experience that nobody gets to have. Okay, let's go. Let's go to this this third one. You fly over the Soviet Union in 2000 in a study of polar stratospheric clouds and the ozone. The Russians at that time were a little leery about you taking pictures up there. Were they suspicious that perhaps this was more of a military mission? Than a science mission, and what was that like to be over the Soviet Union in two
5: thousand? Yeah, good question. Let me preface. Let me preface my comments, and once again, I'll make this fast. Uh, that. That particular experience was the epitome, the, the hallmark moment of my professional career. And so we had worked, I had worked, I went to Russia a couple of times and worked with the Soviet Union, Russia at that time, getting permission because what we were doing with the ER2 out of Karuna, Sweden, was going... Science Collecting Science for Polar Stratospheric Clouds. Right. We called them PSCs, Polar Stratospheric Clouds.
0: And everyone was freaked out about the ozone.
5: That's right. right. In 2000, everybody was worried about the ozone because the ozone gobbles up. Uh, polar Stratospheric Clouds gobble up the ozone. And so they needed to get data on this. And, so that's, and, and the science community knew that the polar stratospheric clouds, the majority of them were going to be over the Soviet Union in, in January of the year 2000. And so, took the airplane. I had I had coordinated and worked for almost two years on this particular mission. So I was chosen to fly the first mission over over the Soviet Union. Since Gary Powers, now if you're really old, you'll remember him. Gary Powers in 1960s was shot down over the Soviet Union uh, in, in 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 a U2. Over, and so yeah, I do. I so remember that. So you're the that. next yeah. guy in. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned the the. The Russians were a little bit leery. Let me tell you how leery they were. They they required that we pay them a a ton of money to be able to. You were about to say a billion, but a we're billion. not going to say was that on the record. Was it with <laughs> a B?
4: Was it
0: with a B?
5: It wasn't a B, but they wanted a ton of money to fly over <laughs> over their country. He was going to say a bunch of a money. bunch of money. A, we'll call it a bunch. A bunch.
0: So you paid them a bunch of money. So the scientists
5: money. did. The, the science community did. Yeah. And then they also required, whenever we flew, to have their people, five of their people on station, there at crew. And what they would do is after the hatches were pulled up uh, in place, the airplane they would come out and put tape over the sealed area of the hatches and the reason being is because they thought that i would take off in the airplane land someplace else download the science equipment and upload the spook equipment oh. the reconnaissance stuff and so that's that's yeah they they were very leery very leery who gets time. to do that
1: are, are, are you two's there's a, there's always a couple of U twos in the air all the time right
5: as i understand it now and i've been out of the I've been out of that circle for a number of years. As I understand it, there's somewhere in the world, uh, 24-7, 365, two, two U2s in the air, uh, the black U2s in the air, somewhere in the world. Always up. And so the airplane was built in 1955, and it's still flying. Still
1: flying. Man.
0: So look, and there's another look at it. So you're, oh, this is the uh, U-2. Yeah, this yeah, that's is the, the U-2. U-2. And the white right. one is the ER-2. Right. Yeah, did um, you
1: show the white one? There's the, That's the ER-2.
5: That's your, the U-4. ER-2. Yeah.
0: That's a live action shot of you taking it to 70,000 yep. feet. Yeah, you're just going straight <laughs> up. Yeah. Now, when you're flying commercially, and you're sitting back there, and, and you're on this flight, can you tell whether or not you got a good pilot up
5: front? Not not really, uh, with you know, the exception of the landing. Exactly. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so so
1: is this a, is this a valid comment? I'm sitting next to a pilot who's an Air Force pilot, and I just had met him, and we landed and we hit hard, and it was actually kind of jarring hard. And he goes, "Ugh, Navy pilot." <laughs> Why would he say that? Why would he say that? Oh, well, because him... landing on a carrier.
5: Right. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh! And they he, he just
1: shook his head. He's like, "Ah, Navy pilot."
5: <laughs> they, they they purposely. They purposely just hit it hard, just hit it hard. yeah. So in all
0: 4,000 hours of flying in a single-engine plane by yourself over the North Pole, we may have you back at Christmas time to talk about that, North Pole, Korea, Brazil, Africa, South America, the United States, other places that remain classified to this day. When it's all said and done and you retire and your Air Force colleagues give you a plaque that says, Colonel DeLewis Porter, the best of the best.
5: Yeah, they did. You were pretty good. Oh, uh, clearly you're the best of the uh, best. They, it, it was kind of them.
0: And it was true. Sounds like, right? Blaine and I both agree that it's yep, true.
1: We think it's true. And, and what, what a, a cool story and what a treat for us to, to have you on. Um, we try to find you know, people connected with BYU that have done amazing things, and this is right up there. This is
0: amazing. This puts you right up there with Marie Osmond. Yeah,
1: we have Marie on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but but you know what? It's like this is just as amazing as as Danny Ainge. You know. Um,
0: oh, by the way, Danny Ainge Danny, confirmed Danny, today he's gonna coming come. on this show. Danny's going
1: to come out. Danny or what? You know, or Steve Young or any of these guys have done this is that that this is beyond that level. There's there's, yeah. few, there's fewer people that have done what you have done than what Steve Young's done, and I love Steve's one of my good buddies, but. What you've done is, is is way beyond. It's really cool to have you on. So, Well, so, thank you
0: so much. So now let's get back to the uh, the, the reason that, that we get up in the morning. Uh, give us two keys to BYU's victory on Saturday against Utah Tech. What do you want to see happen?
5: Uh, a repeat of what happened a couple <laughs> of Boise weeks
0: ago. Boise yeah. State? So yeah. just repeat Boise yeah, we're State. Not, we're not going to let you get away with that, just a repeat. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to see? Two keys to the game.
1: We might use them in our open on
0: Saturday. Yeah. And and folks should know that uh, De is one of the most loyal, avid BYU fans that we know.
5: Yeah, I love BYU. Always have, always will. I don't know that I bleed as much blue as you two do, but but <laughs> I'm there. Well, part of it we uh, get paid to be yeah. to bleed the blue, but yes. Uh, I worry a little bit. And, and you two are much smarter about this, and I, I worry a little bit about them being too too convinced that they're going to win this game. Just because wow. they're so, playing so they, an FCS team? So, right. so they may right.
1: they may um, not come with that chip on their shoulder, and it might, yeah. Whereas yeah. Boise
0: State, they kind of went in there with a little fear, like uh, and I can, we might get beat here. Yeah, and
1: right. I can tell you Utah Tech's going to come with a chip on their shoulder. So they're going to play fired up, and BYU's going to have to match that earlier. That could be a problem.
5: And and you can you can be guaranteed that their coach coaching staff is going to sit with those young men and they're going to say, listen, this is BYU. Look, they lost four games in a row. Uh, you can do this. Don't don't be uh, blown away, but you can do this. And they're going to hype those guys up. Yep. So, so I guess the confidence prep, thing, mental, mental prep's prep, one. Absolutely. Okay, what's number two? Get their heads right. And uh, uh, how about a key on defense?
0: What do you want to see? When they sack the quarterback, they are undefeated. When they haven't sacked the quarterback, they're 0-5. That's why they're 5-5.
1: calls them
5: disruptive plays. Disruptive plays. Disruptive, disruptive plays. plays. Yeah, defenses, defense clearly has to come in there and be able to, uh, per, per, especially the offensive line, defensive line, they've got to come in there and, and hold that and provide the protection for the quarterback so he can do his thing, which last week I thought was a ama- two weeks ago, I thought was amazing.
1: So so both sides of the ball up front. See, we were talking about that earlier, that, that that's where BYU should have an advantage, up front on both sides of the ball, on defense and on offense. When you're playing an FCS opponent, football championship, lower level, they, they just don't – big, huge, dominant guys are not as plentiful as you need. And so mm-hmm. they kind of filter down by the time you get to that level. That's where BYU should dominate this game is up front on both sides.
0: Okay, we're going to hold you to those, and we'll okay. revisit them next week. Are you ready for five questions, and yeah. then we'll get you out of here? this is, our, this sure. is
1: We always do five yeah, questions. bring it these on. Are, bring these it on. Are rapid Now fire.
5: we get asked the really yeah. tough question. Your favorite sports movie. Uh, you might kick me out after no, answer. No, 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 no. What about show me the money? All right, Remember? get out. Oh, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Maguire. Show, show me the money. Do you know
1: what? Somebody else said that. That's about uh, sports agent. This that's Jerry that's Maguire. Good. Jerry Maguire.
0: Okay, next one. Favorite singer or band?
5: Favorite singer, Whitney Houston.
0: Oh, oh that's old school. I,
5: I, I just, I just think that that's tragic, and uh, yeah. that that woman had a voice like. You know what? No other. It just Brian. shows
1: you what bad influence can do. She yeah. meets Bobby Brown, and everything goes downhill from them.
5: Yeah, from there. Bless her heart. Okay, good yep. choice. Good. So good yeah. Oh there.
1: man, I could, I could listen to Whitney Houston all day. All day. Yep. She she is one of the most pure, beautiful voices ever. Okay, your favorite breakfast cereal, or are you an oatmeal guy?
0: Don't don't don't. don't
1: no, even no. That I have to tell you guys. Yeah. Brenda has me eating oatmeal every morning now. Yeah, well. Which is, really? Yeah. I mix in a, a scoop of vanilla protein powder into up the protein content, but I start every day with some oatmeal now.
0: Well, that goes against everything you preach on I this know, show. I know, because
1: I like, but let, don't let her fool you, because before I came to this show, I had one bowl of uh, Apple Jacks, and then I had an, a bowl of uh, Cinnamon Life. Okay, all
0: right. you're back on track. So, All right, so favorite breakfast so, cereal. What do you got?
5: Uh, raisin Bran.
1: Raisin Bran? Yep.
5: yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Here's yeah. the only thing that's redeeming that's just, about Raisin Bran right now. Oh, must be Air here Force. Here's the only a little thing A disappointed redeeming. about no, that. No, no. I think they roll the raisins in sugar.
0: There is some sugar in the raisins. Yeah, they roll the raisins there in sugar, sugar. Because yeah. somebody
1: yeah. made me eat Raisin Bran once, and I thought I would die. Yeah. That's. And then I realized that the raisins are rolled in sugar, and everything was good again. Okay. So, okay, right. we're going to let that bran one bran. go because okay. of the, uh, the, uh, sugar the
5: sugar on the raisins. Favorite
0: thing to listen to during your daily three-mile walks.
1: Three miles a day?
5: Yeah. Yeah, three to three and a half. That's pretty now, what now, I. So Dave it, said. Dave said walking, and that's what it is—is is walking. It's not running.
0: Here's what I learned. So he walks along this area where we are. Oh, nice. And and uh, and I found that if I drive up behind him and lay on the horn at just the right spot, he'll he'll clear three inches straight up. <laughs> so <he's>
1: still got, <laughs> he still inches. has a three inch vertical. <laughs> three inch vertical. <laughs> so, yeah. So do you listen to music while you're doing that, or listen to podcasts? Or podcasts. You oh, what's your favorite thing to listen to while you're walking?
5: Yeah. Usually. Uh, usually encouraging, encouraging, uh, faith promoting, uh, uh personal development type of thing. So general I, yeah. conference talks. Yeah. General okay. conference. Right. Nice. Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: I think my wife listens to, uh, like she's, she makes me eat oatmeal when she goes out, she listens to, um. Um, come follow me. Lessons on the.
0: Yeah. I'm like, man. Yeah, right. My wife listens she, to. She's.
1: Dr- she is going to drag me into the celestial kingdom. Just drag me. <laughs> drag, wife, drag my me right wife. My
0: wife listens to podcasts her. like Why Didn't I Marry Better? Those podcasts. Yeah. That's what she's listening she, to. She's.
1: She's determined. She to comes dro- in
0: shaking her head. I'm like, yeah,
1: oh huh. yeah. Our wives are determined to drag us right into <laughs> the celestial kingdom.
0: Okay, and that's so, a good thing. It is a good thing. And De knows Diane. You don't know Brenda, but they're uh, they're a lot we, alike. We they're outkicked alike.
1: our coverage so unbelievably. Like we. We kicked so beyond our coverage, and we tricked them.
0: We okay, tricked now them. be honest on this fifth one. We're pretty sure you've been honest all night, but I'm just saying, be honest on this one.
1: Yeah, your favorite country to fly over at seventy thousand feet plus and take recon photos.
5: Do you got? Have you heard anything about when we're <laughs> going to have rain? The next time we're going to have any rain? <laughs> it's not for a week. It's not for a week. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you this. Let me tell you this. <laughs> okay. And I, I thought you're, what you're going to ask Dave was, uh, what, what is the most beautiful country to you? Where did you like being the most flying the most? Yeah. yeah but and then I, I can, thought this
0: one was so much more
5: interesting. Yeah, yeah, I knew you him, would.
1: Is, We were trying to get some class. Okay. If you, I will give you a, give pass. Us a general
5: area.
0: Yeah. Uh,
5: to fly tur- let me just, let me just tell you this. I, I will share this with you. Uh, I've flown the airplane a lot of different places. You to a lot of different places in the world. Yeah. And the, from altitude, it's all beautiful. It truly is. It's all beautiful. But, but when I would, when it was my job, oftentimes to bring the airplane back from a deployment about 280 miles out, I could start to see the, the coastline yeah. of America. Mm, yeah. And that's when I got goosebumps. In fact, I have, I have them, that's when I get goosebumps. It, to see America, and maybe I'd been gone two, two and a half months mm-hmm. at that time, but to see America and then fly into America, it just it just was something very, very peaceful and very important nice. to me. By I the love way, America.
0: Uh, by the way, uh, De Lewis's degree in counseling and psychology at BYU, remember he started with that way yeah. back before any of these flights. Uh, they may not have prepped him for the sky, but they did get him ready to serve as a bishop and stake president. And so it all just connects with all the dots of yes. your life. And I uh, think it's fascinating how you represent BYU and and the things that you hold dear and and, uh, and your football fan and basketball fan and all that stuff in, in the midst of all that. And you're a good neighbor and we're friends and uh, so we, we appreciate you coming on and being a big shot for us tonight. Oh, thank you. Pretty
1: cool. And by the way, some of our Followers said Raisin brand rocks. So, and I don't you know go. why. I thought <laughs> there you I thought you
0: were going to show up tonight in an orange turtleneck. Oh, uh, no, orange with a white turtleneck.
1: Yeah, white right, turtleneck with the orange flags.
0: White... Yeah, suit. And, and so when you came in and it was neither, I thought, all right, maybe he doesn't have it anymore. Do you okay. still have the suit.
5: Okay, I can tell you a secret. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it all out. All right. Okay. I went downstairs in the closet and pulled out of the bag that Christine's got him loaded in an orange flight suit. Tried to put it on and it wouldn't zip up. Uh, so we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll leave
1: it there. It hey, was a if, long if, hey, time don't ago. Feel, don't feel bad if I tried to put my football uniform on right now. I wouldn't be a pretty sight. <laughs> it would look like I have a flak jacket on without
0: one. On. <laughs> it, That's it really, not
5: good. Truly, That's not it good really would. True. All right, we'll so, let
0: you go. Thank you so, thank much. You so
1: much. Thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on
5: and uh, thank you so much.
1: We, and we appreciate all the great work you've done uh, representing our country for so many years. It's amazing. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Amazing, amazing. Show me the money. That's what you went with. Jerry, Jerry Maguire. Show, yeah. me right. show me the money. Show me the money. DJ, show Lewis the door after <laughs> do, do, showing him the Do you the know money.
1: why it's show me? Because it's Tom Cruise, Top Gun Maverick. Oh,
0: yeah. That's connected.
1: It's yeah. all connected. connected. It's all connected. Love
0: all you, right. brother. Thank so, you so great, much. Great to have Appreciate you on. Thanks it. so much. Next week, Ben Cahoon, Tyler Hawes, and Ken Lund, the California North Region Alumni Chapter Director, is going to join the Wise Guys. December 6th, Glenn Kozlowski, and uh, and the guests just keep coming and coming. We're gonna have Danny Ainge with us in December, and uh, he sent a text back today. Said, "Hey, I'd love to come on your show." So now it's just a matter of finding yep. the right we'll date figure it, and the figure time. It out and, with Danny and uh, we'll, get,
1: we'll talk to Michelle and get some good things, you know, that we can ask him about. So
0: hey, next week our home finale. On after further review, will break down the home game against Utah Tech, then we'll set the stage for the Thanksgiving weekend showdown at Stanford. We hit the air at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain on the free BYU TV app just before an all-new Wise Guys from 8 to 10, 6 to 8 Mountain Time, 8 to 10 Eastern at wiseguys.com YouTube, and Twitch.
1: ysguys.com. There you go.
0: You ready to do yeah, our let's picks? Do, let's do
1: football picks.
0: All right, so here's what happened. I went 4-1 and one last week. You went 2-3. and three.
1: Because I pick with my heart. I don't even care who wins. <laughs> I, I, I know I you I think do. we've established that.
0: Uh, all right, let's go with... I for uh,
1: teams I like. I don't care if they're
0: going to win or not. So here we got TCU taking on I Baylor know. and Waco. I, I feel like TCU's on a roll. I'm going to take TCU. Uh, something's wrong with uh, with Baylor. I'm going to take TCU yep. as well. They got killed last week. Utah's at Oregon. Remember, I picked Utah last... I think Oregon's
1: going to score... I, I literally think Oregon's going to have 500-plus yards of total offense and score. You know, Bo Nix
0: is kind of banged up. If that's, it's kind of banged how up.
1: is it that Utah every time they play it a just, great team,
0: their quarterback's not healthy? It just happens. I'm going Oregon anyway for a variety of reasons.
1: It's up there. It's a tough place to play, and and they're scoring points like they're going on stuff. So, do you realize BYU is the lowest point total? Yeah, they've had since their opener against Georgia.
0: So are you going Oregon? Yeah, I'm going Oregon. Okay, uh, UCLA is at home against USC. Oh, this, this is, is, is going to be interesting. Game. It's going to be one of the better. I, it, it's got the makeup of one of the better. LA rivalry games that they've they've, they've ever had.
1: In decades, right? Yeah. I'm gonna say UCLA at home. I think their defense is a little better than USC's defense. I think both offenses are elite, elite offenses.
0: I'm gonna go USC. Okay. Um for the because of the SC offense. Um and, and they're playing to get they're knocking on the door of the playoff. Yeah. Um so
1: so what happens to Utah if UCLA wins? Let's see if it, you know what. If Utah loses to Oregon this week, it doesn't even, doesn't matter. even matter. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't
0: matter. Yeah, and so, uh, so yeah, so that's going to be that's going to be something there. And and you know what? The, they announced the Rose Bowl was sold out. I don't even know if it's sold out with UCLA fans. They they well, they have is as it, bad attendance is as Stanford. Is it
1: sold out with all of that like plastic on the seats in the front?
0: Who knows? For a team as good as UCLA is, for the fans not to show hey, up, I'll be impressed if they
1: take off those little. You know how they like. Yeah. They take the seats and they cover them with like a, a big plastic thing. Exactly. Um, if they take that thing off and it's sold out, okay. Now I'm talking 100 people, hundred thousand there. I, I will be impressed, and then then I'll bless them going to the Big Ten, so or the Big whatever it is.
0: It's the Big. The Big. Something. Ole Miss at Arkansas. The Ole Miss uh, lost a tough one to Alabama last I, week. I, I don't know what's going on with Arkansas.
1: I'm going to take Ole Miss. I, by the way, I never even check your things. Like, I have no idea if I'm really four and five or whatever.
0: Well, said I was. You are, but fortunately, you trust me. I'm going to go with Arkansas on that one. Okay. Um, and then Texas is at Kansas. Oh,
1: my gosh. That one's another tough. That's like USC, UCLA. I don't know.
0: Kansas beat them in Austin last year. Texas is all over the place, but they seem like they're supposed to be good. Kansas lost their quarterback and then went on a skid, but they seem to have found themselves. But I'm I, going I'm, Texas. I'm going to go Texas on that too. Yep, yeah, because you served your
1: mission in Texas, and I respect that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did. All right, Cougars in the NFL.
1: Yeah, we've got uh, the Bears at the Falcons. Tyler Algier continuing to have a great season with the Falcons.
0: I had to let him go on this my fantasy Sunday, roster. Way. I had to let him go this week. Well, I have, Christian I, just McC- need to- I have
1: Christian McCaffrey as my guy. Don't you have him too?
0: I've got Chubb. I have and Chubb. I've got Jacobs from the Raiders who's been good. And I had to let Algier go because I needed to pick up uh, another receiver.
1: Oh, I have Chubb and McCaffrey as my two starting running backs,
0: by the way. Yeah, those are good. Uh, the Browns, Taki Takitakis had a good season there at the Bills. And yeah. I'm not sure if the Bills quarterback is going to play. Yeah, Josh Allen. Uh, and the Browns could go in and win that game with a lot of Nick Chubb. Yeah. We need his points. We
1: need his points. I don't even root for the Browns. I just root for Sioni and Chubb. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, I only root. yeah, that's exactly right. So, how
1: about the Jets and Zach Wilson? going to be
0: interesting. At the Patriots. Patriots have a good defense. Jets are coming off a bye week.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm telling you something about Bill Belichick and, and how he game plans his, uh, his defense against rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks. He's not a rookie anymore, but he kind of is in terms of number of games played because of injuries. Yeah. So,
0: Rams at the Saints. The Rams are terrible. Uh, we got Taysom Hill and Danny Sorensen. You know what? The Saints aren't very good either. Uh, but uh, but it looks like Cooper Cup, my first round pick, is going to be maybe done for the year. Oh man, that's brutal. Uh, and, and, and I love and the Cup. Saints. Don't give the ball to Taysom near enough. So yep. if they if they don't give the ball to Taysom on that, and that is a total to dog game. You want them to
1: lose, so yeah. So hey, how about the Lions and Jamal Williams of the Giants? Hey, the Lions aren't good, but everybody loves Jamal Williams. Yeah, and he's always representing the why.
0: He gives everything. Yep. Brady Christensen and the Panthers. Are taking on the Ravens. Ravens coming off a bye week. That'll be a tough one. Yep, and the command
1: and the Commanders and Dax Millen are at the Texans. How about they
0: got the big win over the Eagles last yeah, night? Yeah,
1: that was a big game.
0: Fred Eagles Warner. First,
1: Eagles first loss of the season. You know what though? I was kind of on board with the Eagles, and I was talking to an Eagles fan down in Cancun, and he's like, "Yeah." Well, guess what? They haven't played anybody. The typical Philadelphia fan, right? Yeah, they <laughs> haven't played anybody. Uh, they booed some that's, of the that's guys a, that's, off a, the field. that's a that's false not. 8-0 is what he was telling me. This is an Eagles fan. It's a false 8-0.
0: And I'd love to take a false 8 no. Yeah. Uh, Fred Warner and the Niners on Monday Night Football against the Cardinals. Warner's just so much fun to uh, watch. Oh, and
1: Mark. it was so fun to see he and Kyle and those guys all together.
0: So On this day in history, hey, we're going to end up pretty much close on time. Yep, We've got some birthdays this. coming up and a Lavelle quote. Uh, a lot going on on November 5th. In the history of the planet. Well,
1: but it's the 15th.
0: 15th, sorry. Yep. The 15th.
1: So um, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> the first recorded reference to tobacco. And and the word of wisdom wasn't for like- Think two, about- The word of wisdom wasn't for like, a, I don't know, how long? A long that, a time. A couple
0: centuries? Think about the influence tobacco's had Worth More than a couple world. centuries. Yeah. So it's the first time he made note, hey, by the way, there's this stuff over here, tobacco. Called tobacco,
1: which is good for healing. has healing properties. You put right. it on a bruise, it helps heal it. Right. So,
0: 1777, on this day, the Articles of Confederation, the first constitution of the United States, is approved by the Continental Congress. Pretty
1: cool. 1791, the Catholic Church opens its first college in the United States, Georgetown in Washington, D.C. And
0: Patrick Ewing was the center. Not then. 1904, King C. Gillette patents the Gillette razor blade. I just bought some Gillette blades today, so... Um, in
1: 1939...
0: Nixon needs to buy some of yes, those Yes, he
1: does. By Saturday. 1939, FDR lays the cornerstone of the Jefferson Memorial in Washington, D.C.
0: How about that? I didn't
1: realize it was there that long.
0: 1956, Elvis. The movie Love Me Tender premieres in the U.S. Is
1: that when Elvis first transferred over into movies? I don't that, know. I don't know if that was his... It, it was a big one. That was a big one. Hey, how about this? 1964... K-BYU-TV begins broad t- broadcasting. It's now BYU-TV and broadcasts around the world. 65 million homes in, in North America,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. So. and everywhere where you have Wi-Fi. Watched BYU-TV in Sochi, Russia during the Olympics.
1: I think BYU-TV has as many homes or more than ESPN2.
0: Yeah, so. believe it. 1971, Intel advertises the 4004 processor and changed the world. Remember the slogan from ninety one to ninety nine: Intel, the computer inside.
1: So remember the original. Well, the processor. Do you remember original computers? Like it's as big as a room. Yeah. Now this thing is a computer, right? That's a computer.
0: It's crazy, isn't
1: it? It can do more than that whole room did. So I can talk to it. I can call her by name, or a Syria boy. She talks to me like a girl.
0: Seems like yeah. so. But you can change the voices on there. Oh, true. Now, hey, my
1: my one that gives me directions is an Australian woman. Yeah, because the guy was bossing me around, and then <laughs> and then I had the American girl, and she she was really bossing me around, and so I, I went with an Australian woman, and it's very soothing. She, the the American woman, when I didn't turn, she said, "Are you an idiot? Yeah. You were supposed to turn back there." I was yeah. like, "That's it. I'm they, going with an Australian woman."
0: That they're much more friendly.
1: 1986, the Beastie Boys released their debut album, "Licensed to Ill," <laughs> yeah. changed you, you the better world. Believe it. So uh, because they changed the world, because on that album. You got the right to wait. You got to fight for your right <laughs> to, right to, to party. party. To party. That song, That song's still on the. All you got to fight. DJ loves that Before song. You're
0: right. Yeah, DJ loves it. The Beastie Boys. Who'd have thought in 1986 we'd still be? We've never been the same. Doing that. All right. Birthdays on November 15th, 1919. Joseph Wapner, Judge, Judge Wapner. Wapner from the People's Man. Court.
1: And how about 1928, Ed Asner. Played Santa Claus on Elf. He
0: was great in that oh,
1: movie. Oh, Ed Asner. He's, he's a great star.
0: 1930, Oleen Walker, the first woman to become governor of the state of Utah, That's 2003 weird. to 2005.
1: So um, 1951, Beverly D'Angelo. Oh, yeah. That's Ellen Griswold from Christmas Vacation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she, we can quote that movie so we go deep into the night. Uh, a death on November 15th, notable to a lot of us. 1985, President Spencer W. Kimball. Twelfth president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was a student at Ricks College when that news broke, and I remember watching it on TV. and And it had a great impact on
1: me. Yeah that was my uh, that was my senior season at BYU. It yeah. was that fall. I remember it well. So he was Spencer W. Kimball was the prophet of my you know right junior high high school and and uh, and college years.
0: 1985 so. on on this night, November 15th. Yeah. Lavelle Edwards' quote, uh, roll us out of here. We have Caleb Chapman. Do we have that ready? Yes, awesome. Okay. Go ahead. So he
1: says, I could sum it up in one thing. A guy has to be what he is. He's got to coach and have a philosophy based on his own personality. You see too many coaches trying to imitate other coaches, trying to be someone else. It's all right to emulate the qualities of good coaches, but I don't think you should imitate. you got to be yourself.
0: He did it his way. Yes, he did. And Saturday, the final home game of uh, BYU's run in independence and uh, wrapping up the 50th anniversary of his first season at uh, BYU as head coach. Wild. Amazing. Caleb Chapman's going to play Rise and Shout for us because BYU beat Boise State, and then we decide we're going to play it anyway because we feel like it Yep. Uh, to set the tone for the weekend. Uh, Caleb was on with us uh, a couple of months ago. Let's, uh, let's let him roll us out of here. We'll be That's cool every time. Every single time. Caleb, Caleb Chapman. Chapman Thanks to David Nixon and Delewis Porter. Next week, Ben Cahoon, the greatest BYU football player ever to suit up in the Canadian Football All League. Hall of Famer up there. And Tyler Hawes, the all-time leading scorer for BYU basketball for the men. Is Tyler
1: coming in with us?
0: He's either going to be Zoom. I'm hoping he comes in. Yeah,
1: it will be fun. We're going to talk to him tomorrow good. night. We'll, we'll talk to him and see if he'll come in.
0: That's coming up next week. and also we'll, Is we'll, Ben coming in? Yeah, I think he is coming in.
1: Oh, cool. Well, so we'll let's get one of them in here.
0: So that, that'll be a cool show, and, and hopefully BYU's both eligible and then getting ready for Thanksgiving. Next week's Thanksgiving week. Can't even That's believe it. It's such an awesome week, and then Stanford-BYU uh, a week from Saturday. So, Blaine and I'll see you tomorrow night. BYU and Missouri State at 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time on BYU TV. Unde- undefeated Missouri State. See you tomorrow night. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Podcast will be up tomorrow. We hope you enjoy it and share it with your friends. Have a great week. See you tomorrow on BYU TV.